Hey, what's up out there? This is uh, Japan Nick. It's 10 p.m. And uh, you're listening to Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium at WMSC in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Now I have with me uh, special guests, Zamboni's Chris Buterer and Rob Orr. Hey. Announce Woo. yourselves, guys. I'm here. <laughs> we're back and we're worse than ever. <laughs> wow. Now that's classy. <laughs> uh, it won't cough. Nope. Uh, stop pressing <laughs> that. Okay, listen to me, guys. This is how you cough. <laughs> <laughs> now, anyways, getting right out of the gate. Tell me, like, the aftermath of the Blackthorn 51 Club, yeah. what have you learned? That nobody cares. <laughs> um, I've kind of learned that, like, every, like, some people are on board and some people are trying to do things, but most people are probably, most people are really just not doing anything. Uh, like, for example, um, some kind of friends, some, like, oh friends God. of mine, oh boy, that seltzer is popping up, uh, some friends of mine, they, um, they <laughs> became promoters now, I guess, to try to do Who the right thing. The they became promoters I, now to kind of do the right thing, but... They made the mistake of actually booking that venue for their first show, which I, it's kind of bad because now I'm not going to go. It's uh, Vector and Carcinogen but and, like, some other band. But, unfortunately, it's a Blackthorn 51, so this is not I'm not going because then if I go to this show, it destroys everything that I stand for. I see. Now, how I much? wish that they would have... Just put it at St. Vitus. I'm defusing a bomb right now. That's why I'm not talking. You shouldn't say that word after, uh... <laughs> ho, 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 Too soon? No, not soon enough. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> well, kablooey, guys. If you don't, now, no, if you don't laugh, the terrorists win. <laughs> or if you do laugh, maybe they win, because maybe they were comedians, too. That's That could be. <laughs> yeah, but... There's no such thing as comedy <laughs> in terrorist countries. Yeah. There could be. Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Before like the CIA breaks yeah, down but the I, windows. I don't. Th wh what I've learned is that most people are probably not going to do anything, and it'll probably end up continuing unless enough people end up going <laughs> against it. However, there's a lot of like punk guys that are going against it, but well, how well that works, we'll see. Would you say it's more of kind of like the one percenter type people? And keep in mind, some the one percenters can be a very vocal, and uh, you you definitely notice how many those people when they show up. But that's only one percent. The one percenters represent one percent of the people. So yeah, you know. unfortunately, that is how I feel. I um, but I also feel like the one percenters are just not going to do anything. Like you said, they're very vocal, but I feel like that's all that they are. I feel like they're just going to like whine about everything and they're going to be like oh i hate this happening to us but they're just going to keep letting it happen so i really don't i don't know if people are really going to start actually doing something they should <coughs> but uh i don't know I, I really feel like a lot of them are just well just don't really know how to get the job done rob what do you feel about everything uh well i wasn't really Involved directly with it as Chris was. I mean, I posted my little piece on my blog. That is eldritchabomination.wordpress.com. 
go read it. Now, how do you spell that? Uh, that <laughs> oh, good question. Um, e L D. Ah! Oh my god. E L D R I T C H A B O M I N A T I O N dot com dot WordPress dot com. But anyway. The um, seltzer just exploded. All that's why me. I was defusing the bomb before. See? Well, uh, I, I, I failed. You made that little crack about me. <laughs> and look, I'm not covered in seltzer now, am I? No. No, anyways, with the Eldritch Abomination, yes. though. Um, yeah, so I just talked about it a little bit. And like, and then I did a follow-up piece uh, after your uh, interview and, and with uh, Neil Winnell and Ray Brutal. About it, and I was just talking about how great the air conditioning was. There now, you go. N- now I'm totally <laughs> against the air conditioning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got seltzer all over me. <laughs> yeah, you just threw paper at me. Oh, don't give him all the napkins, just, man. No, we still need some. those. There's still some. Um, what was I gonna Thanks. say? <laughs> oh yeah. So then I wrote a, a follow-up piece, and it's funny because I think someone who's either related to Nikki Camp or was Nikki Camp yeah. himself commented on my blogs like oh that wasn't true and all this like you know like oh that that didn't happen blah 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 and i'm like yeah dude that's what happened i believe bomb scare way before i believe you because i'm friends with those people and i know what happened that night but um yeah it's it's really stupid and it's a real big problem in the scene it's not only the metal scene it's also like you know pretty much hard rock scene and Uh, what you say also with hip-hop acts too i see a lot of um those acts, I feel like at certain clubs, I'm not naming uh, clubs or naming promoters here, but I mean, like, those people end up getting, like, on the double and triple booked shows, too. They did that yesterday in Philly. They did that on Kung Fu Necktie. Um, Attacker and uh, Lead Lord. Oh, yeah, right. yes. Attacker and Lead Lord was supposed to play, and they canceled the show because Kung Fu Necktie double booked the show. Like, they've done almost every time our friend Keith has booked a show, which is terrible. Like, starting with his show, uh, starting with his first show, which was um, Morbid Saint and Whiplash, they double booked it, and the show had to end super early. And uh, I don't I don't think, it, I don't know if it was Kung Fu Necktie, though, but he's, like, Kung Fu Necktie has just always done this, and it's pretty terrible. So they canceled the show, because yeah. they were like, well, we're not going to deal with you, now you don't have anything. Yeah, that's pretty sad. It's a sad state of affairs when... Uh, venues are doing stuff like that and i'm not going to name any because that would be like you know i don't think that'd be a good idea it's a big bus uh but any it's 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 like a lot of them are just in it for the money i feel rather than like the actual like love of the music scene and that's the problem is that you can't expect to make money on underground music that's like i mean if they were playing if they were doing like you know it was a club where they were doing like crappy like you know techno music and like having like you know dance parties and all that that's one thing but it's not they're trying to book these bands expecting to make like you know thousands of dollars a night when you know you're lucky if you get like a hundred people coming yeah. out sometimes and then know? if you don't think that they're gonna cut the mustard then what do you do you go and you double book a show yeah that's, like come on it's that's ridiculous it's so stupid <clears throat> because then you got to inconvenience everybody else so if you're gonna get any money from from some of those bands coming in, it's probably going to be the last time for some of those bands that are playing because they you know don't what? go on a deal with being double booked, so and they won't play at your place. If you think about it also, when you double book a show, let's say the first show, let's say it was a metal show, that's still not going to end probably until like 10 o'clock, maybe the earliest, and then you have another whole set of like whatever genre of bands coming in right after that, 
Who's going to show up for the second set? Nobody. They're not yeah. going to like. I'm going to. I'm going to come out on a Thursday night, most likely, or some or like some weekday, uh, at ten o'clock at night. I have a job. I can't do that. And what know? about? So and like, well, also the other thing is, what are you going to like? Why would you show? You're not going to be able to show up at four o'clock all the time because they double book something. Exactly. So it's going to be either you're going to show up at like ten o'clock because they double book something way too early, and now this has to suffer, or vice versa, where yeah. you got stuff to do during the day and now you can't see anything because the show's going to be from four to six, and you got work that day or whatever it is, and then by the time you get to the place, the show's over. Yeah. What about also with like the young high schooler bands where it's like you have like 14, 15 and 16 year olds in the club and it's like they're expecting these kids to play like at midnight on like a Monday or a Tuesday. And it's like you can't do that to people that age. Especially it's ridiculous. um, what band like had to drop off like some show because they had was it zero was it zero gravity? Maybe. Or no toxicology maybe. No, 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 have, no, no. They didn't have finals. But whatever. It was like it's they expect bands to play like super late, and it's like they can't. It's that's not fair to like those kids that are like. Oh, you maybe know. it was S Kill since we can't say their name because oh, don't curse in it. Yeah. S da, S S dash 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 Kill. Maybe it was. Maybe it was them because they're in high school. Yeah, I don't know, but it, yeah, it's like um, it happens a lot. Like you know, and. It, it's and a lot of the times it's like sad because those kids are like their kids and they don't really know any better so they'll just like deal with it and like you know their parents really aren't involved or whatever they'll like drive them to oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna drive my son to the venue and drop off his equipment for him and then I don't know what's yeah. going on business and then the kid's dad shows up at 10 o'clock alright you guys so how was the show oh we're playing at midnight yeah. what then what are you gonna do you can't have the like then the parent is like totally tied yeah Cause it's either I drag my crying kid out and uh, I look kid? like and I look like a bad parent, or I screw uh, and, and I end up not and I end up possibly costing my kid to ever play at this place again, mm-hmm. or I wait and hopefully my kid will wake up on time and do what he has to do tomorrow. Yeah, it's stupid. Like it, you're like they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't, and it's not their fault. That's the eight of swords. Yep. <laughs> oh, also, uh, I kind of want to go back to the aftermath thing yeah. just for a second. I would like to point out that that company that tried to uh, discourage me and discredit me on that article that I wrote about the Nikki Camp incident with Bomb Scare, they're still playing, they're still booking shows with Blackthorn. Actually, all of their shows are pretty much at Blackthorn oh. 51, which goes to further prove that they're exactly what they say they are. And yeah. So, oh, yeah, you know. Let's not name those companies. Let's not name them. Rockstar. <laughs> but <laughs> let's not name them. <laughs> <laughs> not naming any names here. Rockstar. <laughs> Sucks. Uh, they, like, they're, like, they go on this tirade. On they're the, probably listening right now. You can, uh, good. Yeah. Good. If they were smart, they'd be listening. And then they'd be quaking in their little space boots. What? <laughs> anyway, so, like, they go on this whole tangent on some article that I write that's not even about them, where I was, and they were like, and it oh. it was clearly not about them. It was clearly them. not about them. They claimed that I was singling them out when I said the words a promoter, meaning Nicky Camp because he is an infamous promoter. Everyone knows him as a promoter. Sure, he owns some places too, but he is a promoter, and that would further associate it with him. So, you know, by saying a promoter, I'm 
technically not wrong. Yeah. They yeah. were like, oh, you were singling out us, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? and they're like, well, no, it was Nikki Camp, blah, blah, blah. It was the owner of the venue. They said this in their own comments, and they, so if Nikki Camp is actually listening, there they you threw go. you under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, since it is a big bus, let's just keep throwing people under. All right. And back over them, too. <laughs> and back now, over. But you know, it just proves that, like, what kind of, it just proves the kind of people that are in this. You know, because if they really were what they said they were, were how they're trying to stop this from happening and blah, 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 and we support bands and all that jive, they wouldn't be working with that guy after this. That's true. Oh, but Chris, Because there's so many other places where people do the right thing, so why don't you just do that since you're an almighty, powerful company? So, uh, <laughs> nope. Chris, let me tell you something. Even losing a really bad venue that rips off the scene, rips off the artists, and does messed up things like pay to play and knifes the bands <laughs> out of the money that they're promised, it's a loss to the musicians to have a ba- to have a venue like that go under. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and capitalism's awesome. <laughs> it never hurts anybody. No, never. <laughs> I've never been hurt by capitalism. Uh, I come from I come from a middle class family. That's yeah, pro- that's how they're going to get diverged into rich or poor because we have a declining middle class. A middle class white American family. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, it's not like we're the perfect candidates for capitalism or any of that stuff. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> before we get off topic, yeah, have bands been pushed back? through this um, scenario, or do you think bands have emerged on top after this uh, event? I think some are turning around, and, well, a lot of them just aren't because there's so many new bands and there's so many younger kids that just keep playing and learning music. And it's such a widespread problem. Yeah, like, there really isn't a way to really solve it because there's always going to be a new band that doesn't know what they're doing. And then that's going to let them be preyed on for a while until they get it, if they ever get it. And then once they learn, there'll be a a whole nother group of younger people yeah. to victimize and knife in the back yeah, and so get money from. It, it's a really vicious cycle. So once you st- so for those for, for these jerks for uh for not being on Sirius Satellite <laughs> for lack yeah. of being on Sirius Satellite, these jerks. Uh <laughs> They can continue to do this, with, and they have nothing to worry about because, sure, they won't get this band, but this band might break up anyway. And then this new band just started playing yesterday. So, hey, let me go rip them off for as much as I can. Who do you see as the greater evil in the local music scene, the promoter or the club owner? I think it's the uh, probably the club owner because if you think about it, we're technically promoters because we've booked our own shows before. So, I mean, if we don't. You know, we do what we can for the bands. I mean, obviously, those shows, we didn't make a lot of money. Like, when we played at uh, Stanhope House, we only made, like, $17, but we made sure to give it to the bands that were on tour because they deserve it more than us. And Toxicology was completely cool. They're like, yeah, give those guys because they're, you know, they're on tour. They need the money. What yeah. do we do? Besides that, why am I going to make a big deal about, like, freaking $17? Yeah. But anyway, I think it's the club owners because... They're the ones that are like, okay, we're going to have, like, a show that's, like... We're going to double book the show, and it's going to be, like, you know, at 12 o'clock at night with 18 bands, and it's going to have, like, and you're going to have to pay for play. You have to sell 20 tickets. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I agree with that, too, because, I mean, I know a lot of promoters do that, but it's not fair to just go and say promoters because there's a lot of promoters like, like us when we do it that do the right thing. I want to clarify. It's not all club it's owners not. either. It's like there's a select few that have continued this pay-to-play thing. And I can understand in some cases how it would be applicable. Like if it was like, you know, if you're playing Friday night opening for Suicidal Tendencies at, like, Starland Ballroom, I would gladly sell 20 tickets for that. That would be no problem for me. But when you're you're opening for another local band that's just bigger than you and It doesn't mean anything. Exactly. And you're playing on a Thursday night and you're not going on until eleven o'clock. Or like, even if you're playing on a bigger upcoming band like Bonobai Blood, for example. Yeah. You like, know, that's if Bonobai Blood is playing on a Thursday night and you know, they're like, hey, it's you have to sell you all five of you opening bands have to sell twenty tickets and then like days later oh all eight of you opening bands because I didn't think that you could all sell twenty tickets yeah and because it, I knew you couldn't sell twenty tickets it's not fair now to, there's eight bands and Bonded by Blood and then Bonded by Blood's got to go on at two in the morning and suffer on a Thursday exactly and play for five people yeah because that's all who stayed. five people and they're all probably members of the bands that played exactly um. And it's not fair to the local bands because then that creates a competition between the local bands now that have to, like, say, like, they have to go behind each other's backs. Because, you know, a lot of the – we're friends with a lot of the local bands, most of the local – but it's a really tight-knit community. So when you have to go behind your friend's back and say, like, look, you go you know, you know, go up to people and be like, look, I know you bought their ticket, but, like, you know, why don't you buy our ticket? Or you're, you're going to buy them, why don't you buy us instead? Or, it really Or go sucks. to the door and tell them that you're here to see us just so – we could sell our amount of tickets. Is that what you call negative competition? Yeah, it's terrible, yeah. and the and it's even worse when the, when said bands don't sell those tickets, and they the venue decides to take it out on them, yeah. and they're like, oh well, you said you were gonna sell twenty tickets on a Thursday night, uh, so where are they? And it's like, well, we drove from X amount of places. We drove from like X miles. Uh, so we couldn't do that. Like, let's just say hypothetically, the band is from down the shore, and <laughs> <laughs> let's say, and they don't, and they show We're walking up. Walking a fine line here, Chris. Well, good. <laughs> you must be talking about some blowhole or something, man. <laughs> something like that. But <laughs> we're going there. But like, let's just say hypothetically, this band from the shore comes down, and they've got to play on a Thursday night. And <laughs> opening for a certain band from California. <laughs> <laughs> and the venue owner is like, oh, well, you guys were supposed to sell 20 tickets and you only sold two. And they're like, but we drove all the way down to the, fr- we mm-hmm. drove down from the shore three hours or five hours or whatever it was. Yeah. And then they're like, we tried to sell all of those tickets, but it's freaking impossible Especially- to get people to come down from exactly. the shore on a, like, it's impossible to get. Your friends, because you're a local band, you only have friends right now if you're a local band. It's impossible to get them and their parents or whoever's <laughs> going to drive them to let them come down for a three-hour drive, six-hour commute in total on a Thursday night, and you got to sell 20 of these. And if you come down – and then you got to keep coming down and selling all these tickets if you want to get people in that local area of the venue – like, that's going to be a lot for gas money and all that other yeah. stuff. So it's not even worth you even saying, I'll play the show. And you know what? For There's a certain and then, venue. Wait, uh, l- let me just get to all it. Right, right. And then the worst part is you have you have this conversation with the venue owner, and you're like, listen, 
you know, we're really sorry we did what we could, but we gotta we gotta come from a while away. Exactly. You know, and it's not exactly the best night of the week to have a show, a metal show at, at that in particular. And then the venue owner just turns around and goes, "Well, now you're now you're not playing at all." Yeah. You know, now now I'm gonna kick you off the bill because that totally does every because that totally reverses the entire situation. Yeah. And now it suddenly puts two hundred dollars in my pocket. Yeah. And you know what? There's a like a place that you know we can't play at because I know the when we played there. I'm not gonna say what it is because I don't want to like you know like burn any bridges or anything. But well, there's not much of a bridge to burn. I, I know, but. It's not like we um, take a joy in. Well, like, anyways, just but, but let me get get to what you were saying, anyway, Rob. Like, uh, we wouldn't be able to play there again because I know for a fact that w- when we played there, we sold our twenty tickets. But I know for a fact half the people that came, they just did as a favor. They're not going to come out and see us again. They mm-hmm. were just like, "Oh yeah, I'll see you," because you know, like it's your band, and I want to come out and see you at least once. But they're not going to like. They're not going like, to show up every week. Exactly, and that's the thing. We can't. We're not going to be able to sell another twenty tickets when we try to play at that place again. Because, I mean, maybe if we, like, like really just, like went out and, like, said, like, you know, do you want to go to the show and, like, went to people and – but it would be really Still, hard. Still, also – We'd be pushing it. Also, getting back to that point, why it's, why it's the venue owner's fault sometimes. Exactly. Because, like, it also is promoters, too. It's venue owners and promoters. Unfortunately, they to answer your question, anymore. it's both of them. Now, I'm not saying it's everybody. There's a lot – of, there's a lot on yeah, both sides not... that do the right thing, but there's a lot on either or that don't do what they're supposed to do. Like, one, they set out these terrible ground rules that they know that the bands aren't going to be able to do, especially if they're local bands because that's their prey. You know, you can't exactly be a predator for somebody that can go play at Madison Square Garden yeah. when you're this little hole in the wall. Exactly. And they just they don't promote like they'll be like oh i do my fair share of promoting so you don't do it meanwhile all it is is they make a flyer they put it on a facebook page they make a facebook event maybe they'll tweet it a couple of times and then they'll just put the flyer in their venue but you're not but they don't go to every other venue they don't make hundreds and thousands of flyers like a lot of good promotions like wendigo productions and signature yeah. rift productions do like <clears throat> where they go and they make all these ridiculous copies and they not exactly. and they don't just put it at the venue. They take it to all these other metal shows that are happening within that within the bigger area, and they just give them out. They, yeah. Like they'll go out as the last band is doing their encore, and they'll be ready with stacks of these things, and they'll be giving them out so that people can know what they are. And then some and like some bands will even DIY it, and they'll make copies of the flyer themselves. And they'll cut them up and do whatever. There needs to be cooperation. And then they'll put it in their favorite bars. Like, for example, if we were playing a show in St. Vitus, like, uh, and let's say it was for Wendigo or Signature Riff, they would already have those out, and they would be doing their fair share of promoting, doing it the right way. Yeah. Me living in Brooklyn, I could also take, I could gladly just print out flyers, you know, cut them up. And go to Duff's. Go, exactly. Go to Duff's. Leave, just leave them on the bar. I don't even have to say, I don't even have to give them out to people. Yeah. They'll just take it themselves because it's just on the bar. Exactly. Like maybe somebody doesn't get a napkin. They grab that. Sure, they wipe their face, but then when they look. Oh, crap. Look, hey, show. there's a show. Yeah. Oh. And then they throw it away because it's dirty, but they grab another <laughs> one. <laughs> um, but yeah. But that's how it's supposed to be done. Going back to what you said before about like 
venue owners and promoters not doing their job, and that's true because in the eighties, if if you went to if you were playing a show, if you're in a band, you were playing a show at a venue, and only three people showed up, that wasn't your fault. It was not the band's fault at all. It was the venue's fault because they didn't promote the show properly. Yep. Well, that was and also it was because all on the venue, didn't... and they cannot expect the band to pay them because they didn't get any fans. And that's the problem now is that venues are no longer a place for music. They're now a place for people to go to have a beer and, like, just hang out. And the venues are trying to make money off of that rather than music, which is, you know, and that, so they don't care about promoting music anymore. And that's well, also, stupid because they're a music venue, but they don't care about that. They just care about making money. Well, also, it's because the, the Internet's made people so damn lazy. That's the truth. Because also, like you said, back in the 80s, like, if the, like, if if it wasn't if the band couldn't get if the band didn't get people to show up it actually was the venue's fault exactly. because the venue didn't do their promoting because the but when the venue did promoting it was because the internet wasn't around because they actually had to go out and do what Wendigo and Signature Riff and all companies similar to that are doing yeah. now what are those companies similar to whatever bands or promoters you talked about what are they doing now that's good. I just said they make they the good ones still make the flyers and they still hand them out to people at shows and they still make all these copies and they still leave them at different bars and stuff like they actually do their pushing. All these other ones are just lazy and they're like, oh, I'll just make a Facebook event and that counts because because everybody who says they're going to something on Facebook actually goes not. Oh, huh. dude, dude, don't forget about the importance of Twitter though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh and don't oh, forget oh. that people retweet it. Oh. oh, and Pinterest and Instagram and stupid, stupid. <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid. And Reverb Nation. Reverb Nation <laughs> is kind of <laughs> cool, <laughs> though. <laughs> but it, it's all dumb. Like, uh, pe- people need to stop using the internet to promote things, and they need to start I mean, I physically no, doing I it. I don't think that's true. I think in conjunction. For certain things. They, no, need, to they do need to do both. Yes. They need to do the physical promotion along with internet promotion, because the internet is a huge, powerful tool that you can... Ne- Yes, that's you know, you're again, saying. Again, twenty what years I meant ago, you could never re- have the amount of reach you do now. We have fans confirmed in Pakistan. Zamboni, the crappy band from New York, New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey and Brooklyn, has fans in Pakistan. Like, well, Rob, if it wasn't for the internet, who yeah. we would have like five fans. We have, Rob, listen, when are Zamboni going to play? A show in Pakistan. What cities are you going to be hitting? Uh, and what uh, what is the date of this Pakistani Islamabad? tour? <laughs> Come on, tell me. Uh, it's a uh, <laughs> we're uh, this July no we're going and uh, we're playing three dates in uh, Turkey, Pakistan, Pakistan City, Pakistan City, Pakistan City. I I don't know any Pakistani city. Yeah, no, no, Pakistan Islam City. Bad. Pakistan City. Islamabad is the capital. Islamabad, not Constantinople. I, I, I really, <laughs> I really, I really sound like a dumb American right now. <laughs> yeah, which is bad. <laughs> Well, we have fans in the UK, so okay, we can well, play. All right, in, we're just gonna go to the UK. Then. Just, we could play in Blackpool, in London, and Derbyshire. There you go. Now we don't look like dumb Americans. London, <laughs> London calling from the faraway land. <laughs> no, Chris, Clash, Rob. Yes. What do you look at as the road to success for journalists of today? Um, I don't know. I'm not a journalist, so um, I would have to say. Uh, you know, just like learning to use the like resources that that we have today. You know, from the internet, you know, down to like whatever, like you know, just pretty much a lot of the stuff on the internet, like you know, like social networking and other internet things, tools, resources. You know, and 
and and like learning to use like programs like Illustrator and stuff where you can actually publish your own stuff, you know, like without having to go through all like you know printing presses and yeah. all that. Basically, learn everything that you can and use it to help you. When you have a story, you don't just get one story now. Well, you never really just get one story, but now more than ever, you got. There's so many like things like with the internet and with all these, and it seems like. A lot of publication is just going digital. Well, just like everything else, it's all going digital. So, you know, magazines and newspapers are on, like, their last legs. So, you like, to get all this, you've got to learn InDesign. you got to learn Illustrator. you got to learn Photoshop. you got to learn Dreamweaver, even. you got to learn every single one of those Adobe programs. Um, and you got to be really precise with it. you gotta, you got to take, like, every story that you get... You gotta find more stories, and you gotta just put it everywhere as you can. Like email, in, like email. Go to the offices of every publication that you know that could get something relevant. If you're freelancing, just do this. And even if you're not freelancing, try to just end up freelancing anyway. Because just keep selling all of your stories and keep getting more stories than the stories. Like over the past week, for example, um, I wrote an article. It's not up yet. I wrote an article reviewing the new McFoley DVD, and in that article, it, it's fantastic DVD. The documentary is wonderful. But in that article, I said for the match selection on discs two and three, some of the matches that they picked were really silly matches that really shouldn't be on any DVDs unless it's like one of those Walmart compilations. Like it's not like matches that really shouldn't have been on the McFoley DVD. Some of them were pretty good. I mean, any McFoley match is a great match because he's just that entertaining of a person. But you watch but like some of these matches was it just didn't make any sense why they were on it. Like for example, in the DVD in the documentary portion, they had they talked about his feud with Vader in WCW, which was like one of the biggest feuds at that time. And Yet on the D, I mean, Vader is the reason why McFoley has a fraction of his right ear because they were doing a wrestling match in Munich, Germany, where uh, the ropes were tight, were adjusted too tight, and McFoley put himself in a hangman, which is a self-explanatory move in between the ropes, and his uh, ear like got ripped off, and then later in the ring. When he recovered, him and Vader were exchanging blows, and Vader hits him, and his ear falls off. And you see the ref go pick it up. And they did such a big thing about this. Like, they showed the home movie footage of his ear falling off, and they slowed it down, and they highlighted it. It was fantastic. But on the match selection, there's no Vader match, which is why is there no Vader match? That is some good pie. Like, I mean, I understand on one of his other DVDs there was a match with Vader, but why wouldn't you put it on the DVD that talks about it? Like, there's just certain things. So, anyway, I wrote another, I wrote a second article to follow that up, and that was my alternative suggestions to what would have been better than some of those matches that they picked. So, that's two stories out of one, and if I wanted to... I could probably get a third story out of something else or a fourth story about something else. So it's really all you got to all you have to do is just try to find as many places to put something on and learn as much of this of these digital media as you can. So 
that's how and you also gotta pay attention and don't try to regurgitate too much of something else like be original because i mean there's certain places like the huffington post where all they do is just aggregations that's funny because you know what i think huff post is one of like the it's one better of, news more honest news sources unfortunately it's one of the more premier ones but like and even if they do have their own opinions the way that they get their stories is not like i, I I learned that th- I had this conversation with um, my uh, my editing professor the uh, a couple of weeks ago. Like the, the way the Huffington Post goes about getting their stories is by taking stories from someone else and just reiterating it. Yeah. You know, so that way it avoids plagiarism. But I mean, it's 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 stealing. You know, th- you're taking someone else's work and you're getting credit for it. And because you change a couple of words just so that you can avoid some kind of law, like, come on. A lot of these people can't write their... They couldn't find... Chris. They couldn't find a story in a whorehouse because they've just been taking other people's stories. Chris, be honest with me. How many words do you need to change on somebody else's story so you could call it your story? I don't know, but I guess... I, I ballpark estimate. Ballpark estimate. Ballpark yeah, estimate. So I don't no, know. I guess you, between ten and twenty. No. I, I really don't know. Out if of you how fight many the person? Then you could. Yeah, that's you, well. That's a way to use everything because then it becomes blocked in a quote if you cite them properly. But sometimes they don't even do that. Sometimes they just take it and they just reweave it, which is basically illegal. So I I, I don't know. Imagine, I don't know if it's I, I don't know if it's whoever's in charge of the Huffington Post that isn't paying attention to their staff that they're hiring, or if it's just a bunch of interns who don't know what they're doing. But either way, you know somebody didn't learn okay, how to do something. Here's right. a good way to explain it. Imagine this Twinkie represents the amount of words from another person that you could steal. According to the data, it would only be this much of a Twinkie. <laughs> Rob is. Rob cut the Twinkie in half. For those of you I think who aren't in the moldy. studio with us. What's that black stuff on it? Oh, I hope it's not. I thought Twinkies couldn't go bad. That's what I thought. Maybe it's chocolate chips. Let's hope it's chocolate no. chips. No, uh, a Twinkie? Pepper. I, I, I'm just trying to think. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just trying to think outside Twinkies. the box. I'm not going to eat that Twinkie. Oh, well, yeah, you shouldn't. It, it yeah. tasted a little funky anyway. Oh, uh, well, that's well, Eat another one. It's on me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put Ghost on. Ghost. Okay. We're going to do nope. a block of Ghost for the music that we haven't played. Okay, now hook me up with the uh, Ghost oh, 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 It should oh. be there. No, it's right here. All right. Because I want All right, Apple so Pod. anyone who's not heard Ghost, their, their new album, Infestissimum, is unbelievable. I don't think anything can top it. Okay, now where's the uh, Ghost album? Right there. Right here. It's we are right going, there. We are going to play. One, two, three, four, five. We're going to play Goulet Zombie Queen. Yeah. Zombie Queen. All right, that's not a good representation of what it is, but... <laughs> no, we are, not the, we are not the nameless ghouls. <laughs> I wish we were. Me too. Then we would have gotten a huge advance on something. Yeah, but we, you, don't, you have to pay that back to the record company. Yeah, but we wouldn't suck either. Are you having some trouble there? <laughs> we're having some... Uh, Technological differences. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Wow. Okay. Oh. No, wait. Is that it? No. That's the first track. That's the first track.
We're back. Hello. And that was Zombie Queen slash Goulet by Ghost. I am very nervous. <laughs> and you are listening to WMSC 90.3 in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Captain This is Planet. Japan Nick with my <laughs> special guests, um, Rob Orr and Chris Butera from Zamboni. And by the way, it's 1045 and now... <laughs> I don't want to screw up the number. People will probably start dialing 666. Ah! <laughs> Chris, do you think that there's a form of nepotism in how certain members of the press acquire their positions? Sometimes there is. and Well, I, I, I want to say that a lot of the time there is, but I really don't know. But I'm sure it happens more often than not. I mean, I know that there's, um, I know some woman that writes for like Metal Sucks or Metal Injection or one of those. She, um, she got her job by just tweeting everything all the time. And now they like hired her as a staff member because for some reason she had an internet presence. Uh, but she's not very good. I don't, I don't, I don't know what her name is. It escapes me right now, but she's not very good. Well, I think. The whole thing is with a lot of these um, figures in the industry, they're really how you say they don't know what they're doing. They're unprofessional, mm -hmm. and it's just like well, a lot. Like I, like I, it, it really bothers me when, like, I'll have like a really heartfelt, a really well done interview with like let's say somebody from obituary. And, like, it's all the questions are great. You know, there's no questions that get repeated on a daily basis. Like, oh, how's the tour going? <laughs> or, oh, what do you think of your own album? Because you want to sell it, so you'll probably not tell me that it's bad. Dude, dude, tell me how you, your new album is way harder than your last album. Yeah. Uh, like, people who ask And it's dumb, more brutal. Yeah, like, pe like people who ask dumb questions like, like that, but are on, like, <laughs> some, like, quote-unquote prestigious site, like Metal Injection or whatever it is, they'll get on Blimeroll, no problem, and, like, they won't even take a look at what their interview is. They won't really <clears> care how, like, how good or bad the interview is. But then when I'll send them something... They just won't. They won't even take a first look at it, and they just won't even put it up or anything. And it's just like, come on! I actually did something good, and you're not gonna put it on. Like you're not gonna throw me a bone, but you're gonna just give these guys who are just phoning it in, and it's obvious all the all the all the credit. Yeah, but that's what they want is people who are phoning it in, or it's obvious because that's like the typical questions. But it's that's like, what so many people are sick of. I know. Well. Like, I don't, like, if I see an interview from one of those websites, I know that they're just going to be phoning it in, and they're all probably, and if you've heard one of those interviews, you're going to end up hearing all of them. Yeah, but, like, the, So why would I want to listen to it? the vast majority of idiots are like, oh, I want to hear what they had to say about the tour and the new album. That's so stupid. <laughs> well, then people should not be stupid. But if that was oh, the you, case, dude, Darwin... That's, that's way too much to yeah, hope Yeah, well, for. if that was the case, we wouldn't have made all this life-saving technology, and Darwin would have figured it out by now. Darwin really didn't account for all the um, people that took way too long for the Darwin effect to hit them. Yeah, unfortunately, he didn't really bank on technology. When you look at the movie Idiocracy, it ends oh. up being... That was that on today. <laughs> I was watching it. That movie's like hilarious. It's such like a testament. It's yeah. It's, it's it's probably true though. It's hilarious, and actually, uh, I read an article recently that some like guy in Britain was doing a study, and he found that the vast like the 
entire like entirety of human intelligence is actually decreasing. Well, yeah, because we have all we have is like everyone stupid goes stuff. on the internet, and a lot of them go on it for stupid stuff, myself included. Like cat videos. Yeah. Those aren't stupid. Though. Or pornography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> well, dudes, I man. Use the word in the full way you to can learn sound a lot smarter. From that. It's anatomy. Yeah. So no, but. I- yeah, but people don't go on because they're like, well, I want to figure out what this looks like. Well, they, they do. The they do want to figure out what something looks like, but not uh, <laughs> not anatomy. Well, in a way, anatomy, but not exactly. There might have been someone who has. Someone, but not the majority of everybody because everybody just kind of wants to fap. Oh, come on, Chris. Like, everybody realized when you were making the, not that when they were making the internet – like 30 or 40 years ago, man, they were thinking, oh, man, think about all the crazy porn that we're going to come <laughs> up with. This is going to be like a tool to connect the worldwide audience. It's going to be all about porn, man. That's what they were thinking. You're probably right. I hate to say it, but you're probably yeah. right. Because <laughs> there was definitely somebody there who was like, I can't wait. For, I can't wait till they put porn on this. Well. Also, though, <laughs> what would you say to your fellow colleagues in the music industry when they find themselves on a massively overbooked concert and also find out that their set times are cut at the last minute? Like, let's say you're at the show and the the club owner says, you know what, I'm sorry, dudes, I'm going to have to cut your set time by 15 or 20 minutes. And you're only supposed to play for 30 minutes anyway. So it's um, like, oh, I would, I, Well, I would, I, would, I would throw the whole place under the bus. Well, no. I would, I would say, take the stage and I would be like, "Hey, these jerks are gonna ruin everything well, because yeah. they only let us play for twenty minutes." If so, you so if, nobody should really come here anymore. Yeah, you play. I mean, obviously you you're play gonna your screw set. me. I'm gonna screw you. Uh, yeah, and obviously you play your set because you're already there and you're all your equipment's there. But you a don't play there again, and b make sure you speak out. And say, you basically do what Bomb like Scared that, did at Blackthorn Fifty One. Exactly, and hopefully you don't get like beaten down by bouncers. But I mean, yeah, they, but the bouncer couldn't even defend himself. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I would do. I would just I would throw them under. The, uh, I would throw the venue under the bus. <laughs> now, how do you throw them under the bus? Oh, you just take them. You do what you gotta do, and uh, you take them, and you throw them onto the bus. No, no, explain <laughs> how. You take them in the middle of the street if you're in New York City, and you wait about ten minutes. <laughs> now let's say you really want to take <laughs> off the gloves, though. What do you do then? Well, if, if they've gotten thrown their... under the bus, they're probably dead. So you, you won't need to. Uh, well, it... if you want to take off their gloves, all you have to do is take their hands and then like slip their gloves off if they're wearing gloves. Oh, you, you don't. Or know you the could expression. just wait for the bus to run over their hands. Okay. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> wait, are you familiar with that expression? No. Though? Yeah. <laughs> like taking off like the kid gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, um... I don't know. I mean, other than. Other than doing what we said before, I don't really know. I mean, I guess the only way to further that is to just continue, like, berating them, like, to the point where you're making up signs saying, don't play this, this is why, and you have, like, a big laundry list of things, and you keep posting them all over the venue itself so that it comes to the point where the venue just won't keep taking them off because it's such a hassle. Yeah, and you know what? I don't know why bands are so afraid of, like, of, like, you know... Going against venue, like oh, venues are like the gods yeah, of the it's scene, so- which is stupid because, you know, if you're if you buy something online and you get a product, it comes in the mail, but it comes three weeks late, it's broken, doesn't work, and they won't give you your money back. You're not gonna go online and say, 
oh, uh, I'm not going to say anything bad about these guys. Yeah, they were they were great. I mean, I got my product. It was a little late, but and it, it, it was kind of broken, and I, I couldn't get my money back, but it was okay in the end. You, you know, you would go on and say, no, this was awful. This company is terrible. Don't ever buy from them. You know, it's it's like, the same concept. It's like if you go to a restaurant and somebody, like, you take, like, somebody that's, like, morbidly obese, they sit on, like, your pizza, and they fart on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, like, the guy, like... <laughs> Blows his nose and <laughs> a couple of the slices, and then he gives it to you. <laughs> and he expects not only the full price of the pizza, but also a tip too. Yeah, yeah. You just don't go there. You, you and you just don't eat. And exactly, you wouldn't like. That's ridiculous. Like that, we should be expected to put up with that. It's so that's stupid. not right because the band. It's not the band's job to promote shows. I mean, to some extent, it is. They have to like promote themselves and blah 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 because that's the way the scene is now. It's DIY and all that. But you know, it's a lot of it is the venue too. The venue can't just expect bands to do all the promoting while they like sit on their lazy behinds and, and collect all the, the, the money. Exactly. They, you know, bands are there to put to entertain the people. That's their job. The venue's job is to bring the bands together. And promote the show. Well, it's not just that. It's the band. Like, equipment. it's not just that. The and venue. Equipment. Yeah. The venue needs the bands. The venue doesn't make. The venue doesn't make money when it's exactly on live perform on no live performances. The That's venue- why it's a venue. The bands make music. The bands al- The bands already have more power because they have exactly. music. The venue. Needs Otherwise, the, the venue could just get a house band to play every single night. And that's you know that's the problem is that they have like there's like other scenes that they'll find that they can just leech off of, and that's the problem. But if you think about it, that's That's true. what's the, uh, going the bands, on with the hip-hop shows. The venues need bands to survive. is because they will... Yeah. They, they need the bands to survive. But bands don't realize that. Bands think they need the venues to survive. No, they don't. True. Look bands at us. Bands book their own shows. Exactly. <laughs> bands can book their own shows. Find a venue that will rent out, like the Meat Locker or the Stanhope House. Play there. Place that won't make you sell tickets. Promote your own shows. A bit, you know, do barbecue shows, do backyard shows like they did. In do the rooftop 80s. shows do like rooftop yesterday, shows like Bomb Scare did. Like there is so much you could do to to promote yourself and play your own shows and not need the venues. That's why you know bands just have to do that. And we're back, and Hello. it's eleven p.m. And you are listening to WMSC ninety point three. This is Japan Nick, and I have special guests Rob Orr and Chris Buter of Zamboni. Nice. Yeah. And remember, people, we've got tickets for Volbeat, All That Remains, and I Empire. Thursday, May 2nd at the Wellmont Theater in Montclair, New Jersey. Buy them. Or, I mean, well, call, call in. in so you don't, can buy them. Them. don't buy them. Don't buy them. Yeah, booger don't buy them. Call in so you don't have to buy them. Yes, there you 973 told me to not buy the tickets. I told her I don't know if I would like it. So she said, call in. So I called in, and I won tickets, and I loved it. See, even Johnny Zazula is calling in, so you now, better call in, too. It's cool now, let me do. read that number for you mad I'm slow. <laughs> Nine, seven, three, six, five, five, four, two, five, six. I'm going to call the station right now just so I can talk to myself. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, anyways, Chris, mm-hmm. you spoke about um something called the Studs Terkel news story style. What exactly is that for journalists? Studs Terkel is a style that's not done very often. It's also it, pretty hard. 
to uh, it's pretty <laughs> difficult uh, to do it's when you do an interview with somebody and the way that you publish the interview is through a first person eye of the person that's being interviewed so ex- for example if i'm interviewing you uh it'll be uh, it'll be a day in the life of Rob Orr, and then and it'll be by Chrissy Butera. But then instead of saying Robert Orr is a Ramapo College student and the lead guitarist of Zamboni, it'll be, it'll be, well, I'm Rob Orr. I'm the lead guitarist of Zamboni, and I go to Montclair State College. I go to uh, du- uh, to Ramapo College. <laughs> go to WMSC. <laughs> yeah. I go to WMSC. Yeah. I go to WMSC, <laughs> which is not Ramapo College at all. <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> So, so that's what Studs Turkle is. It's basically the first-person point of view of the person that you're interviewing. Now, how do you do it right, and how do you do it wrong? Well, you do it wrong by writing it properly. Like if Rob says, like if I'm doing the story on Rob, and uh, it's a Studs Turkle, and Rob says, "Well, I'm going to go to the bathroom," and the thing, I wouldn't write. I'm like to do it wrong. I would say, "I'm going to go to the bathroom." I would. Write, I'm going to go to the bathroom, like G O N N A, because it's okay to spell it wrong. Because that's the oh. way that the person talks. Oh, so you're at like it's like literally. A, yeah, like, it's literally the you're, person. You're actually writing phonetically. Yes. Basically. It's so cool. You, you am going to be seeing it's not done mad often. amounts of ain'ts. Yeah. I ain't. I You could if somebody says it, then you got to put it in there if you'd like to. If you put like, I'm a monkey man, you would have to write that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except you. Except I specify that you have to spell monkey with. Two K's. Would you Word. have to put that? Yes. <laughs> and also <laughs> two E's at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to. <laughs> I just felt like snapping. Is that it? That's, yes. That's basically, that's all the Studs Turkle is as is far that as it? I know. Good segue. Yeah. <laughs> so let Next me get. Question. I'll interview myself. So what do I think about the great album by the great cat? <laughs> well, the great cat is gone. The great cat is gone. <laughs> Nick, so when are you going to have the great cat on your show? Um, Probably soon. It'd definitely be uh, this type of setup with the new studio. It, it'd do really it. be a wild interview. Yes, it would be. You could have her jumping all over the studio equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, though, I think it'd be only p- appropriate to have her on once the performance studio is unlocked. Yeah. 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 Because I wouldn't want the great cat to come in here and have to do an acoustic set. That would blow. It'd be like, she should be like... She could play violin. Yeah. She's a violin virtuoso. <laughs> <laughs> that was my violin noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And it's all downhill from here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got two more hours. Oh, boy. <laughs> so now, speaking of those two hours, Rob, make me another piece of apple pie. <laughs> oh. Make you a piece. Make you a piece. Yeah, man. All right, hold and on, put a smile my... on that face, pull... too, boy. Make let me, me pull piece... out my easy yeah. bake oven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make him a piece of pie from that store-bought pie. <laughs> so it's farm-bought pie. Farm-bought, pre-made pie. Make him a piece. I'm making him a piece. <laughs> I'm making him a piece. And um, you guys are also musicians, too. That's me. What? I try to play music sometimes. No, That's no. insane. No, I am not a musician. I don't know what music is. In fact, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Actually, yeah, you're talking to Zamboni. We're not music. <laughs> we don't know how to play music. <laughs> we don't know what music is. So, 
What's the story on the development of the new album? It's uh, gone nowhere. Yeah. We, we literally have not done anything with it. I met up with Nathan once to rehearse because uh, we were originally going to have Nathan no. uh, record drums. We might still do that, but. Well, we were originally we going to got... hold. No. We are, let's go back even okay, farther and say right. we were originally going to have Roger record drums, our, our new drummer. Our drummer, but he got stuck at school. And wasn't able to meet up with us because scheduling conflicts with his school and our school and work and all that. So then we went back to Nathan because Nathan miraculously now has time to do stuff. Which go figure. Our old drum, our new drummer who was like good can't do anything, and our old drummer who couldn't do anything could. So it's like we're living in the bizarro world all of a sudden. The bizarro world of New Jersey. And um, uh, and then wouldn't you know it? Then the both of us got extremely busy with school. And, and we have yeah. and here it is. It's almost May, and um, well, if things keep going the way they are, which it very well could be, we actually might end up using Roger after all. Well, I feel bad, like saying we're gonna use Nathan, and now we're not. Well, I told him the other day that it could be wh- that it could be whatever. So he really doesn't care. Why don't we like use both of them? We actually could. We I do mean, Nathan for the old songs and Roger for the new songs. That would be cool. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, who did that recently? Um. Horrifier has like three different drummers on their for on their only album. Yeah, oh, cool. dudes, you could be like, like one Slipknot. Of was, one of oh was, yeah, yeah. Well, one of one of them was a former Ice Earth drummer. Oh, I don't know how, but Joe Potash just has like great luck at meeting musicians. But that, from what I hear, that's the only luck he really has. But he he makes good music though. Um, but yeah, so we haven't worked at all on the album. I met up with Nathan once to rehearse at his new house. With a, his own little music room, and his drums were there and everything, so we're not cramped in a crappy. Well, it's still cramped, but it's not his, his like old bedroom with a bed and all that. It's actually like a music room, which is awesome. So, yeah. So right now, I guess expect. Uh, I guess expect something by the end of this summer. But don't who knows? even say that because every, right. time, we every say, time we say expect, expect something, it here never comes, comes six out. months later. We don't have anything, so expect something eventually. Maybe don't expect anything. You know what? Yeah, don't expect anything. And then when you have something to uh, promote, actually promote it. Yeah, expect yeah. the unexpected. <laughs> I have, however, been able to work on my side projects. So uh, I have my, my black metal album. I have two songs for that, which are done. And then my EP for Eldritch Abomination. Some of you may know of or heard of that. I have spoken about it before on this very radio show. On several occasions. So that's done. Now what is this side project of yours called? Two side projects. I have my (laughs) speed metal project, which is Eldritch Abomination, which has been my, like, labor of love for the past, even before I was in Zamboni, but I just never did anything with it, and now I finally am. And then I have my black metal project, what I just founded recently, called Meteor Krieg. Now, in what type of vein is this new black metal project of yours like really cruddy scummy like low production 80s type stuff it's that combined with ambient drone elements and synth elements it's pretty crazy wow that's groovy man um in lieu of bass it has a synthesizer um take that bassists yeah hey (laughs) And um I'm sitting right here. I'm sorry. I it's also like curse. The pain got some like ambience to it. A lot. So it's definitely different. 
I, I think it sounds pretty good. But, you know. And that's actually saying something, because most of the time I think my own stuff is terrible. And that's the same thing I think about the new EP that I just mixed for Eldritch Abomination. Is like, I'm, like, really proud of it. And for me to be really proud of my own music is, like, a, like a huge accomplishment for me, because I'm always like, oh, I could have done that better, or, like, you know, I could have done this better, blah, blah, blah. And that's how I felt about the original recording of um, Witch's Grave and the original other recordings uh, when I did Trapped Under Ice for this project by Metallica. Um, but yeah, it sounds it sounds really good, except for Hook and... I did uh, a cover of Hook and Mouth by Megadeth for this, which that's the big reveal. Everybody who's listening and anybody who cares is that's the cover that's on it. Um... And I, I don't think it came out as good as I would want it to because, uh, first of all, I, didn't, I wasn't really happy with my performance. I really didn't have enough time to practice it that much. Um, and I, I the, it, it was weird. There was, like, some weird mix issues that I couldn't figure out with it. So, um. so pretty much, what is some of the lyrical themes of these uh, black metal songs? Oh, uh, black metal? The black metal project is uh, all, all the lyrics are based off of Warhammer 40,000. Much like the uh, death metal band Bolt Thrower, oh, except that I think they do other stuff also. But this band is gonna be all Warhammer 40k, and um, there's only two songs. One is like mostly instrumental, but it's got like a spoken word thing over it. And uh, there's the second song is about uh, the Eye of Terror, which is where the Chaos Space Marines uh, live, basically. So yeah, that's what it is. It's all about you know. Warhammer 40k, and then my other, pro my speed metal project is, like, the lyrics are gonna vary, it's, uh, the, the one song that's, uh, well, I've written two songs for it that have lyrics, uh, one was Firestorm, which is on my SoundCloud, um, look for Eldritch Abomination New Jersey on SoundCloud, uh, I think Eldritch Space Abomination NJ, um, yeah, that's got, that song called Firestorm, that's about nuclear war, and, uh, then the, the song that I would like to play tonight is uh, called Return to Tristram, and that's going to be, a, that's about uh, the video game Diablo 2. Now, Chris, Rob. Yeah. Have you ever heard Which of, like, no, nah, I guess fight to the death to see who gets to speak first. Now, anyways, <laughs> what is your opinion on pro-religious black metal? Um, it's well, contradictory. No, I don't think so, because technically all black metal, well, not all, a lot of black metal is pro-religious, because if you think about it, like, pagan black metal bands are promoting their paganism. <sighs> Satanic black metal bands are promoting <sighs> Satanism. Um, I mean, so, if you're being more specific, I guess Christian black metal. I mean, yeah. I don't mind it. I've heard Christian black metal. It sounds like black metal. Yeah. Um, it's just, I the think lyrical it's, theme is just a little, well, it's a little... It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's like well, it's, it's really it's an oxymoron because you're talking about black metal, which is always synonymous with Satan. Yeah, and and his Christian lyrics. Um, I I don't know if anybody has heard about that. Like there was a black metal, a oh, Christian black metal band that got like attacked by a bunch of black metal fans and beaten <laughs> up in, in like Brazil. Well, that's dumb. Yeah, that's like ridiculous because again. Black metal hasn't always always been about Satan. There's a lot of pagan black metal bands and stuff. Yeah, so. I mean a lot of their and, a, and a lot of songs are most of the songs are about Lord of the Rings. Like Burzum yeah. is all about Lord of the Rings. I know. Burzum well, is its black name from Lord of the exactly. Rings. Exactly. 
And so does uh, well. I would really call it Ivan Amarth black metal, but they also get their name from Lord yeah. of the Rings. And uh, some Emperor songs are about Lord of the Rings too, because um, Isain was not involved at all with any of the church burning or any of the. Oh other yeah, neither activities. was uh, Abbath. Yeah, he just stayed home and read books. He says. Yeah. Honestly, Abbot? somebody set up Varg. <laughs> I don't think, and I don't know if, if uh, you would go to say that. Varg's a good guy. People oh, yeah. always give him a bad name. I don't know what's up with uh, yeah, that. You know, he he's a nice guy when I see him. He only stabbed some guy 20-something times and pushed him off a flight of stairs. Oh, Chris, Chris, him, please, but, please. That know, guy was asking he, for yeah, it. Yeah, he probably was. A lot know. of um, <laughs> black metal, like anti-Christian black metal ears also, aren't just being satanic because they're satanic. They're being anti-Christian because it's like... That's the main religion of the world, basically, and they're like being anti-religion, and that just happens to be their target for the song is Christianity. So they use satanic lyrics to like, you know, I mean, there are theistic Satanist black metalists, but a lot of them are either like Levian Satanists, but they're atheists, but they adhere to the uh, the tenets of Satanism, I guess you could say. Like they, you know, believe what, like how you should live your life as a Satanist, but they don't believe in a god or a devil. Um, they believe more in Satan as like a, a concept rather than a, a deity. Um, and then there's the paganists, which are most of the lyrics they were using Norse paganism as a way to like express their 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 heritage, their you know their Norwegian heritage, not like really like I mean some of them were promoting their you know whatever beliefs and stuff, but a lot of it was about like you know promoting Norway, well, especially like Burzum because Burzum is like, all, all their songs are about Norse heritage. Yeah, and and especially Burzum because Varg is like a hardcore like racist, so he was like really like you know <laughs> yeah, promoting like certain you know, things Norway. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, but but as far as you're concerned with uh, with uh, the murder of Euronymous, it was anonymous. Oh. <laughs> Euronymous' death is anonymous. No, no, but wasn't the story with um, Varg uh, attacking Euronymous? Because Varg thought that Euronymous owed him a debt. And he originally went to Euronymous's place well, to have a conversation, and it went ooh. out of hand really, really badly. Allegedly, I guess, and this I is from know. the mouth of Varg himself, the reason why Varg killed Euronymous is because... Varg heard from, like, the chain through the chain of, you know, through the gra grapevine, as they say, that Euronymous was going to kidnap him, take him to the woods, tie him up, and make a snuff film of Varg. Really? Yeah. That's So Varg was just like, you know... Varg was like, I'm going to kill you before you kill me. Exactly. And... Uh, suppose and and that's why he was suspicious because Euronymous was the one who called him hmm. and said, "Oh, can you come down to my house and like sign some papers and like trying to be friends with him?" Hmm. So like Varg was like, "We're not friends. Why are you like saying this to me?" And um, apparently, um, like uh, what was I saying? The death of Euronymous. Is yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> like Varg, like Euronymous, like ran into the room was gonna and like Varg knew that he had the shotgun that Dead killed himself with in his house, so he was like afraid that like he was gonna grab the shotgun and blow him away. So Varg just did what he had to do, and then allegedly he wasn't stabbed. Varg didn't stab him forty three times or whatever. I thought it was only twenty three. Whatever, twenty three. Uh, he like a, a lamp fell and broke, and and when they were rolling around, uh, Euronymous didn't have a shirt on, so he got cut up by the broken glass. Hmm. Allegedly, that's what Varg says, but you know who knows what yeah. actually happened that night. So, so the moral of the story, moral of the story, is Varg is the good guy, and everybody's out to get him. Yep. Okay. 
<laughs> Actually, uh, Burzum is releasing a new album soon. Yeah. Which, I heard their last one was good. It, well, it's not well, really black metal one. anymore. It's yeah, more no. like uh, like weird, like psychedelic kind of ambient stuff. Well, I like the dark ambient music, though. I, I think it's pretty cool. His dark ambient stuff. <laughs> the stuff that he did when he was in jail and he couldn't have access to a guitar. Yeah, he's got an interesting vision. He sure does. He's got an interesting vision, that's for sure. You mean, um, are you speaking about Um Skiptar or Sol Aston Mani Viston? What? The two the two most recent Burzum albums. Oh. Well, he wasn't uh, no, in jail was when he about... did the last one. He's been out of jail since 08, yeah. man. Didn't he go back for like a couple of years, though, because he broke out? No, no, that was way earlier. Uh like, the thing is, in Norwegian jails, they, like, sometimes let you out on the weekends. Yeah. So, like, if you're a really crazy person if you, and you have contacts, you can sometimes get away forever. Yeah. But then if they, like, well, pick you up thing. for, like, a speeding ticket or something, then you're... But they don't have crime in Norway, really. So that's, like, funny, you know? It's, like, like obviously that system works. Or, because they, you know what, they plan, they probably, because they rehabilitate criminals in there. They don't, like... You they know, build like them. exactly, exactly. They real make them integrate back into society. Yeah, and they don't have those crazy weight rooms so that, like, when the people get <laughs> yeah. out of jail, they can like terrorize the community. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but Varg is actually. I mean, he's a smart guy, like to listen to, like when you talk. I mean, I don't believe in his racist views, obviously, but like, like he has some smart things to say and stuff, and. You know, he might be a crazy murderer, you know, a church burner, and a racist, but, like, sometimes he, you know, says smart <laughs> stuff. He actually, he puts his foot in his mouth less than Dave Mustaine does, which is surprising. Wow. <laughs> and Dave Mustaine's been involved in society for quite a while. Yes. <laughs> now, speaking of Dave Mustaine, Uh-oh. how do you feel about the uh, new Super Collider song? Oh. It's not good for a Megadeth song. It's not good at all. The, that chorus is like, I'm sorry. It sounds like... I want to like it, and you know what? There are songs on Risk that I like. Like, I like Wanderlust, and I like... But this uh, is just this is It's just not too good. Bad. It's just not a good song. And if it was a... It, it, like, I liked... Like, Public Enemy Number 1 was kind of like a poppy-ish kind of like rock song. But I liked it. I thought it was a good song. This is just not a good song. It's just... It's, Dave's voice sounds awful on it. It sounds like a rejected Top Gun theme. It's <laughs> like... I, I, I don't. There's nothing appealing about it. He's to me. really trying to do another risk. I think. Like it, I feel like like it's... I feel like this was his. Like, I feel like this was his way of throwing in Pink Floyd, but it just it wasn't didn't Pink work. Floyd at all. Though it was not. Yeah, it just it didn't work. Uh, I, whatever whatever it was that he tried, it's don't call it Megadeth. If, if you're this, gonna do exactly. something like that, don't call it Megadeth. If he wants to do like a, a an alternative rock thing or some kind of like other. Thing. Go ahead. Restart MD45 or do yeah. like another side project. Don't Just like do a Dave Mustaine solo album. Exactly. Don't, Don't call, call it Megadeth. Megadeth. Thank you. Like Risk shouldn't have been a Megadeth album. If that wasn't a Megadeth album, it probably would have been one of his best albums. Yeah. Personally, what? I thought the system has failed. No, that was an amazing, that was amazing album. recent album. Yeah. Endgame was really good, too. Yeah, Endgame I really enjoyed. Even United Abominations had its moments. It was all right, yeah. Washington is Next is a great song, and Sleepwalker. I like that. Yeah, but I mean... cheesy, like, fillers, but... United paled to System, and I guess Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the weaker of those three. And that's what I understand. But it's only weaker because the other two were so good. How he could go from making Endgame... 
which was not too long ago, 2009 that came out, I think, or 2008. No, 2009. 2009. Came out. So, and then come out with 13, which was just like, ugh. That was like an eh album. It was like well, that was that was like the cryptic writings of this era, yeah. and now we well, have the was... risk of this era coming out. Super Collider, like well, thirteen was just his way of being like, well, I wanted to get out of my contract, so I wrote this crappy record. Yeah, I know. In a month, and it was off. It, well, it wasn't awful. It wasn't but awful. It wasn't that good. But I mean, the best was, songs okay. were songs that they re-recorded. Exactly. So, like, like what the, does that like tell you? Wrecker was ugh. well. Like, Deadly Nightshade was okay. Whose line is it, or whose life is anyway was like, oh my god. Guns, drugs, and money. I didn't like that song at all. Like, it's it's uh, funny because um, Steve Pro from Bomb Scare, uh, the drummer, he he uh, posted this on Dave Mustaine's Instagram, like a huge thing of like why he thinks the song is bad. And it's like you know you're trying to be a rock album again. And he, it was like it was constructive criticism. It wasn't like oh this sucks because I hate it. It was it was constructive criticism. And you good old Justice it. Mustaine is like oh you're stupid. And he banned Steve from Dave Mustaine's Instagram account. And then not re- sure told. Steve. And then recently, uh, and then like a couple of days later, Steve was telling me yesterday uh, that. Justice unblocked him so that he could get all of his, like, Megadeth, like, diehard, like, uh, yes-men to just come on board and just, like, tell Steve why he's wrong and why he's stupid and all this. So, basically, so basically Justice Mustaine is cyberbullying Steve Pro. Exactly. And Steve Pro is like, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he, like, comment on some pictures? Yeah, I, he called, I think he commented on Steve's profile picture and called him ugly, but then deleted his comment. Oh my god! Yeah, like, like why you're would, ugly. Like, what, what would that do? Especially if your dad is Dave Mustaine. Like, why would he, why would anyone care? Exactly. Like, why, like, why should you care? I hope Justice tells Dave and like Dave and Dave's like, slaps, like, slaps him <laughs> for being an idiot. Like, seriously, go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Justice. I don't know how to tell you this, but uh. Listen, you, it, it's just not working out. <laughs> I'm putting you up for adoption. <laughs> you could go be Lars' kid. Oh my God. <laughs> Besides, I caught you that one time listening to Metallica. Yeah. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think the ship has sailed for us being father and son. <laughs> I don't so, know. Justice is kind of like, he's, yeah. he's whiny. Yeah, he is. He's a wiener. So, he's a wiener. <laughs> shall we check out one of uh, the Zamboni songs? Uh, we don't have any we don't Zamboni have any songs. Zamboni songs. But I'll play a black metal track. Wait, wait, I got my computer, so. Oh. 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 Here's for Nick plugging his computer, which you can win by calling in at 12. Yeah. No. <laughs> Watch, everybody calls in now. No. Oh, I wanted the new Where's computer. That? Where's that other CD case? What other CD oh, case? Oh, it's right oh, here. It's I'm right stupid. there. Okay. Okay, now let's see. And we've got a caller. Hey, I called about the laptop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have a laptop, but we do have Volby tickets, which you could win by calling in. So what should we play from uh, the Sucks, the, the uh, Stupid EP? Um, um, play, uh, what songs are uh, radio-friendly? World War All Z. of them except for the intro. Yeah, as you know firsthand, Nick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You could... I don't know. You could play, uh, I uh, don't know. You could play Slaughterhouse or the DRI cover. D- yeah, the DRI cover yeah. is probably the best mixed one. Yeah. I actually like that our reviews were, like, kind of, were well, pretty, yeah. I, I like that they I like were that. pretty honest, our reviews. Yes. I like that, too. Especially, um, 
Uh, APOC. APOC, yeah. yeah. He was definitely, like, as constructive as you could be, and I loved that. Well, that's good, because I was like... We need brutal honesty. When, like, so many people that don't know about music say that I'm, like, great at playing guitar, that, like, makes my ego sore, and I'm like, I know I'm not that good in the inside, but, like, I'm like, oh, I'm good, I could slack off at practicing and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then some, like, person that actually knows what they're talking about says, like, oh, this isn't good because of this reason. I'm like, thank you for being mm -hmm. honest with me for once. Honesty well, is the best policy, but Justice Mustaine won't tell you that. Oh! oh! Five-year plan. Ah! <laughs> Let's just load up the song. All right. <laughs> All right. All right.
Pioneer.
we're back. Hello. Hello. Now, Rob, tell me about that song. What's it called? And what types of ideas did you have in composing it, as well as afterthoughts, now that people can actually hear the finished product? Um, well, it's called Return to Tristram, and it's about uh, the video game Diablo 2, uh, the first act. There's, a, there's a, a part which is actually a reference from Diablo 1 also. There's this town called Tristram, which is the town of Diablo 1 that gets overrun by demons. And uh, in Diablo 2, you actually go back there. And you have to save this guy, Deckard Cain, who's like a wise uh, old like wizard guy. Um, so I that came from the intro, the acoustic intro with the rain is actually based very closely to the actual song from Tristram. Because I love, uh, I believe Matt Yulman, who who composed it, it's like an amazing soundtrack that Diablo 2. It's like, like a lot of it is classical guitar plus like you know all kinds of weird Middle Eastern influences for the, like the desert level and stuff. It's it's a really great soundtrack. Um, so that was like really influenced by that. And obviously, the lyrics were influenced by the gameplay itself, and I actually wrote the lyrics like like three or four years ago, probably, um, and just never used them. And then when I finally got the chance to do this EP, I decided that's gonna that was one of the songs that was gonna be on it. Uh, and um, so uh, the original riff, uh, this is actually a rewrite. Um, I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to, like, my writing, composing. Um, and I, I, this is especially true since I've uh, learned how to read music. because now, And, like, you know, I know what scales work better with what else. And, and, you know, so I'm always constantly going back and saying, oh, that's not good enough. I got to rewrite that. Or, like, you know, that doesn't sound right. Um, which is, it's a blessing in that, you know, I'm writing better stuff, but it's also a curse because before I knew how to read music, I just simply wrote music and that was it. Um, and whatever sounded good is what sounded good. Um, so when I originally wrote that song like three years ago, uh, it was really different. Um, and it, it like completely like not even like close to that. Uh, the chorus is the only thing that is kind of the same, um, but I even changed that up a bit. Um, and if you notice, it sounds very similar to uh, "Breaking the Law." Uh, it's almost the same chord progression, I think, or it's like it's similar, but it, I, I you you know did it differently and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I rewrote that with like this crazy like, just like kind of like scale almost of. Uh, it's not really a scale. It's like playing off like the the dominant and the subdominant, which is of of the ton like the tonic is of D. Um, so it's like it's like D A and then D uh, uh, G sharp. So it's like uh, it's kind of like just playing off of that and like going back and forth between those and and then it goes uh, down a step and into a, a C and does the same thing, but. Uh, yeah, so so I mean, I, it's I, when I was mixing it, uh, I was thinking to myself like this is like really awesome. And once again, I will say this again like to for me to say something of my own work is really awesome. That it really means something because like I I'm super critical of myself like all the time. I always think like well, well it's not that good, um, but I'm really proud of this. So um, check it out. Uh, it's gonna be up on Bandcamp soon. Uh, I, there's still a couple of mix issues that I'm going to deal with, um, so but it's going to be up as soon as possible. 
and I, I'm probably going to actually release the, the whole EP, which is Grave. Uh, it's a four song EP. Um, that'll be up. That's, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks, a week or two. Um, and uh, I'm eventually going to release Return to Tristram as a single with some like unreleased demos that I've done also. Or, or a demo that's been released, but it's not good, or I don't know. But it'll have a demo. Um, yeah, and then I would eventually like to do an album for Eldritch Abomination. So, But uh, Facebook.com, look for Eldritch Abomination, and uh, like it. Like, favorite, subscribe. <laughs> now tell me about um, the five-year plan cover. Because you've, um, you've made a number of... Uh, Recordings of that song. Yeah, well, that's Aboni. Um, that was from the the, the from the new sucks stupid, EP, the new the sucks stupid EP, EP, the stupid EP. Yep. Uh, uh, so we decided to do five year plan because uh, we both liked that song. We both liked the R.I. And when we play it live, it gets a really great crowd response. The be- so far, the best response has been to that song when we play it live. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people really like the way that we sound when we play it. A lot of people say that we sound just like them. I don't think we do it all. I don't think we do it all. I don't either. think we do it all, but a lot of people say that, and I don't know if they're being nice or if they really think that, but thank you. Uh, it's like on, our, on the reviews that we've gotten for the EP, everyone seemed to have liked this song the best on it. Uh, it was the only one that had pretty much the same kind of criticism like everyone liked it yeah nobody had there was nobody that had really a bad thing to say about it and i think it was really cool how we did the big daddy thing like we just kind of came up with it as a joke one day because he says that in the movie obviously and we were like we should put it in the front of the song and that was it yeah so and then i guess it's a 10-year plan at the end yeah and it kind of caught on yeah so it's just another way uh and we also like it when other bands do covers of established like when when established bands cover established bands not saying that we're established or not but when when other bands cover other bands and they put their own spin on it on yeah. the recording like, like how like, typo negative did uh black sabbath oh yeah yeah they you know it's Paranoid. so yeah it's so slow well, they did black sabbath and, and they, they throw Paranoid. in the, par- the the black sabbath riff so it's just really cool and it's very slow and, and they Tripper. even they even reiterated the black Sa- the uh the paranoid lyrics yeah um, like they like I love it when a band covers another band and makes the cover their own. Also, I, um, so that was kind of our way of making it our own. Crowbar's cover of Dreamweaver yes. is amazing. Yeah, like, it's like completely like crazy. Yeah, they have a really good one of uh, No Quarter too oh, by yeah, Led yeah, Zeppelin, yeah, yeah. and that's you wouldn't even think that it was Led Zeppelin because it's so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, Solstice cover of Yes uh, Carnivore. Yeah, that's awesome. That was unbelievable. I like they used the, exactly. I love that they used the original. Yeah, like no, intro. no, no, do it again, do it again. And then yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solstice just explodes into it. It's yeah. like what? And I'm just listening to two different bands in the same song. Yeah, this that's is, awesome. And like, it's so cool because you could hear the old and the new all at the same time. And I think that that was one of the best covers I've ever heard. Yeah, Solstice's cover of uh, SMD from Carnivore's Retaliation. It was on their debut album, Solstice. Uh, it was meant to be called the sentencing, but due to uh, timing issues, they couldn't call it that. I don't know why, because it doesn't make any Maybe sense. Maybe they already had the artwork done or something. The, no, they, they already had the artwork done. The artwork is called the sentencing, but oh. for some reason, 
I guess the paperwork just, did the artwork. Right? Yeah, I guess the paperwork just didn't go through. Yeah, that's stupid. it had to have been some kind of paperwork issue. Yeah. It's always paperwork. Yeah, you know what it might have been that the copyright or something they sent it off and like they screwed it up and put Solstice as the copyright for yeah, the album. Yeah, maybe or they did and that. They couldn't change it. Yeah. Well, whatever it was, it's it's a fantastic album. Dive Bomb Records recently, well, yeah, they fairly recently re-released it. And they remastered the second album, Prey, which is almost as rare, if not just as rare, to find an original pressing of it or any pressing of it besides the Dive Bomb <laughs> one. So, like, Dive Bomb is just awesome. Because it's hard to come by as an original every, pressing of Rigor Mortis. Everything that's hard to come by. Well, every single Rigor Mortis yeah. album yeah. is, like, a nightmare to track down. Yeah, I, and, but Dive Bomb Records is great. DiveBombRecords.com. They recently re, they, they recently did uh, Slammers, the work of Idle Hands, which I, I need to get my hands on. Who was that guy intended. that died that was doing all the reissues? Oh, Didn't shoot. he die, that guy? From Dive Bomb? No, well, I don't know if he was from that, oh. but I think we talked about him last time. I think it was that guy. Maybe he came back to life. <laughs> I don't know. But no, no, I, he was alive last time, but he died recently. I don't know. But I all I know is that Dive Bomb Records re-releases a lot of rare thrash death metal gems because they like they, they'll basically look at whatever. What is it going. like a one thousand or two thousand um, repressing? Don't I don't know, but they'll keep repressing it. They're, they're really cool, and they also do uh, distributing for some newer bands like Doctor Living Dead. Mm. Like it's it's a win-win situation because they give you so much more. With the re with the re releasing and the remasters, whatever they do, and they'll try to dig up demo tracks or whatever they can get their hands on, they'll try to make it extra special. Like they'll do interviews with the bands and put it in the booklet. That's pretty awesome. It's really freaking great, and they'll and they won't even charge that much. Like the Solstice thing was like fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars, three discs, two albums, uh, and the master and of Prey. Like Prey, it was the original recording on one. And then they had a remaster that Dive Bomb Records specially did nice. for this. And also, in the booklet, it came with an interview with the current lineup of the bands. Like, how much more could you possibly want from, like, just out of this one record that you're trying to find? So now everybody who on eBay who was trying to rip everybody off by selling those two albums for, like, $75 and up a piece, now they're totally screwed and good for you. Except if they buy up all the Dive Bomb Records albums, and then they've got all of them. So ha-ha in your face, Chris. But they're already, smarter. But I already have one. Yeah, but not all the people that are going to get they're ripped gonna off don't you. have one. Well, that's everyone else's problem. And they're going to buy it from you. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't sell it to them. I love that album too much, and I work too hard to track it down. But personally, though, I liked Sodom's cover of 1,000 Days in Sodom. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Sodom also does a great cover of uh, Holiday Surf in Cambodia. Bird. Yeah. Oh, no. Surfing Bird. Yeah, Surfing Bird. They didn't um, do Holiday in Cambodia. No, Holiday in, Fol- in Cambodia is Las Rocket. Right. Las- yeah, that was awesome. Cover. Surfing Bird too. rules, though. Yeah. It's a holiday in Cambodia. <laughs> yeah, Surfing Bird is awesome. Yeah. Surfing Bird. <laughs> 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 well, speaking We're doing about a cover that. Cover of a cover. <laughs> An acapella cover of we've, Sodom's cover of Surfing Bird. We've recovered. <laughs> <laughs> we've fully recovered. Now, please speak about the uh, 
next Thrash Bash barbecue. Tell me about the names of the people confirmed and what type of direction you're planning on going as well as what your goals are on changes to take place compared to there last year. There is nobody officially confirmed other, other than us, obviously. Um, we just talked about the date today. The official date right now is going to be July 27th. The, uh, the rain date will be the next day on Sunday, the 28th. So mark your calendars. We have no official bands confirmed, but uh, we are looking for Ego. We would like Ego Kill to repeat next year. Uh, and we'd like to just have uh, a lot more other newer bands come. Uh, I was speaking recently with uh, Drew from Midnight Hellion and um, Josh, formerly of Threshold. He plays in Gormitory now. So, you know, those two guys were interested. They just needed a date, which now I have. Um, I was thinking of getting uh, maybe Candy Stripe or Death Orgy to play, if I could get in touch with them. Uh, our drummer Roger knows them. He actually filled in for a couple of weeks for a tour with Death Angel in like 2006 for them. Uh, so, pos- so they're a possibility. Um, we almost got Anvil, can I say the B word on the air? No. Uh, well, Anvil B dash 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 from Philadelphia. Anvil female dog. They, they almost headlined, but uh, they had, uh, they uh, some of their members were on vacation that week last year, so they didn't. But so I don't know. I could ask them again. Um, what about Death Thrash? Death Thrash. We asked last time and they didn't respond at all. So uh, no. Which is weird because I think they're from Vernon. Yeah. So I don't understand. That would be uh, easy for them. I don't know. I guess Bobby Blitz lives in Vernon too. No, he lives in Sussex. Yeah. No, he lives in Vernon. I looked up his address in the phone book. That's oh. oh. <laughs> You're a creep. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Bobby Blitz is gonna like be like, why are you creeping? <laughs> He's listed in the phone book, so not really. Uh, also, who else would I like to get? I'd like to get a lot of bands. I'd tr- I want to get some. Um, I want to get more variation this year. So you're saying you year, need more thrash metal? No, well, last year was all thrash metal. Except so you Roar, need more thrash like, metal. Is what you're saying? Roar. We'd like to. Well, I'd like and to get a little Ego more like groove metal. Yeah, I'd like to get more variety though. Or like crossover. I'd like to have like a couple of regular thrash bands, a couple of like. And maybe some legitimate punk bands, some like actual punk bands. You mean like bomb scare, hardcore punk, or like hardcore other punk, punk that sucks? No, like hardcore punk. We uh, talked about having. Um, um, I would like to have more death metal. Cerebral ballsy on. Yeah. Well, it wasn't for the. It was for like the the meat locker. Yeah. So, but I don't even like know. I don't know who have, to get in touch with. Yeah. And I don't know how. Well, I could figure it out, but I don't know. Uh, I want Condition Critical, but I don't know what their tour schedule is going to be like yet. And I guess now that we have an official date set, I'll start asking around. But I want to get, like, more of a variety. I want to try to get some more bands to come and travel to make it a little more special. Uh, I want it to be much... uh, I I don't know if we want it to go on longer than we had last time or maybe the same length. Start earlier. Yeah, I guess maybe start earlier. Uh, Include more food? Well, everybody's supposed to bring more. Yeah. Everybody's supposed well, this to time, bring we're stuff. We're not buying food because so much went to waste last year. Yeah. Time. We spent like $70 buying hamburgers and hot dogs, and only like not even half of the hamburgers and ha- hot dogs got eaten. So, and, and you know, buns and everything. Yeah, so we not... kind of make it, we kind of want it to be a little more than a, of a potluck than a barbecue, rather. Like, everybody should just, everybody yeah, bring we're something. We're going to bring hamburgers. We'll have hamburgers, but, like, bring something, because we're only going to have hamburgers this year. Yeah, and we don't want you to just show up. We don't want everybody to just show up with beer. We want everyone to show up with some food. Yeah. 
You if know? you bring alcohol, bring food with you also. Yeah. It's like Death Clock said, booze and food. <laughs> but that's what I kind of like to do. I'd like to have more of like a big community with more, with just more bands that uh, of different genres just coming together just to make it more like a festival theme. Yeah. That's kind of the goal that we would like to have. And you are listening to WMSC 90.3 in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. And it is Midnight O'Clock. Midnight O'Clock. Another band I'd like to get, I'd like to get Zero Gravity and Kill the Fiction. Because I think that, well, because they're very different from a lot of stuff that's going on. So I would like to have them on board. Zero Gravity covered Zamboni. Yep. Yeah, (laughs) cancer sucks. Cancer sucks. (laughs) That alone wants me to have them. I definitely want Toxicology. Oh, yeah, I definitely, definitely want them. Yeah. We played with them at the uh, Stanhope House yeah. in Stanhope, New Jersey. With Sonic uh, Pulse. January 21st. And Six in Line. And yes, six in line. and Six in Line. That was an awesome show. <laughs> that was uh, so fun. Not a lot of people showed up, but. I couldn't believe that, that show went on in, like, North Jersey. Yeah. It was so fun. And we were originally going to have it at the Meat Locker, but uh, Dan Revis, who, who does the booking there, uh, Said, do you guys want to do it for free over at San Jose Pass? And we're like, oh, free? Oh, okay. Sure. We'll do we don't we don't need to pay you. Sure. Yeah. Not F-R-E that there's a problem. Free with that. is pretty good. Yeah. Well, also because there was like a CD release party show for some uh, other band that want that they really wanted the Meat Locker, and I guess it was better for them anyway because yeah. I'm I'm sure they had a good turnout. I don't and mind because we had I mean. The we had is an awesome venue. Yeah, I we mean, had fun, and we had fantastic was... sound production. Exactly. That guy really sounded great. Yeah. He made every band sound, the, like, wonderful. The Stanhope House is one of the better venues. That like They have great sound system. They, they Their food is good. Right, Their food is cheap. They take care of the bands. They give you, like, drink tokens and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it was a good place to play. Yeah. It might be a little bit out of the way, but it's a good place to play. I had fun there. I would like to do many more shows there. And like Nathan's band, he's played shows there where they've had to do pay for play. But I think that was more. It wasn't the venue. It was the whatever who was promoting the mm. show. But like that's fine, you know. And they because they take care of the bands there at San Hope House, and they actually do their job and they promote the show, and it's good. Was it like a pay to play where it's like get on a show with eight local bands, or no. was it like a major? I think it, well, one of them headliner. was for the break contest so it was obviously the break contest that like handled that whole yeah so that would that that you'd have to give to the break fest yeah that was for their whole thing um and i think another show they did was for some other like festival or or contest or like it was some other promotion doing it It wasn't like the stanhope house saying that oh yeah you have to pay for play so um and they had to sell like 20 tickets or something but whatever you know like that's fine. It was like a it was a Sunday and you know whatever. Yeah. As far as the sh- as far as the uh, the garage show, as far as the barbecue show goes, though, back to back to that again. I just like to have more variety, and I like to have a couple of older bands too, because it would just be fun to have more of everybody. Yeah. Define older bands. What do you mean by that? Well, like bands that are that have been around for a while, like Magus Beast or something like that, and like they're like they're not really in their glory days anymore. Or, to like, they've the just truth? got older members in there. It would just be more fun. Like, Midnight Hellion guys, they've got, like, <clears throat> their members are a little bit older than us. But, you know, they're freaking great. They rock the like truth, crazy. I, I would really like to have Overkill play it, but to, to pay them, I think they charge, like, $4,000. So we would either have to have all the bands chip in, like, 100 bucks each. Or, or, or no, we would have all the bands chip in, like, like a lot of money, like $200 each. 
and we would have to charge for it. And to keep this free, we really can't feasibly have Overkill. And also, you'd need to pay for security, too, if Overkill was playing. Exactly. So we wouldn't be able to feasibly do that. I would love to do that. Maybe, like, two or three years down the line, maybe. Maybe, like, you know, big enough where we could, like, rent out, like, a park or something. Like, because there's a park right down the road from my house where they do Wantage Day and they always have bands. Uh... Or, like, you know, like, a farm, like, a barn or something. Like, we go to a farm and say, like, could we rent your barn for, like, the night or something like that? And have, like, a, just, like, a, a farm show. And <laughs> it, it may sound awesome. funny, but, like, That you know, would yeah, be really cool. A barn is a huge thing, and you could put, like, generators for, like, the sound and stuff like that. And, and like, you could scare the animals. Exactly. <laughs> the animals can mosh. Exactly. <laughs> the goats. You ever run with the bulls in a pit? The goats are my <laughs> most metal animal. <laughs> My only friend is a goat. Six, six, six between his horns. Ah! <laughs> that was the goat. Ah! <laughs> Speaking of which, let's listen to the great cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the great cat is God. Say it like you mean it. The great cat is God. Die. Die. <laughs> uh, I think the funniest thing is, like, she was on, like, Good Morning America once or something. And, like, the guy interviewing her, like, they were, like, in the elevator, and, she, and like, the guy's like, so I guess your neighbors don't like you very much. And she's like, no, they don't like you very much. I'm always up until all hours of the night screaming and yelling at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and he's like, you're a troubled young woman, aren't you? And he's like, no, a troubled God. <laughs> <laughs> the great cat is awesome. <laughs> so I guess... I hope we'll we can pick. be friends with her. <laughs> yeah. like we'll I would love to, like... Worship me Learn or die. From her because she has a neo- Satan goes to church or metal massacre. Uh, metal Messiah has a curse. Worship it. me or dead or die. Worship me or dead. Worship me or dead. We worship should write that die. song. Worship me or dead. <laughs> Sounds like a caveman trying to say worship me or die. <laughs> well, people have criticized our sound for being primitive, so we would be those cavemen. Yeah. Um, what was I about to say? I would love to learn from the great cat because she's a neoclassical guitarist. So yeah. she like I would that's like my favorite style of guitar playing. Well, great cat is gone.
And Jesus said, get down on your knees and pray for forgiveness. Satan has corrupted your mind with his evil temptations. Repent, sinners, repent. Pray for forgiveness so that God won't send you to hell. play more often. I wish she would. I God, would go Great she's Cat awesome. Uh, it was funny. In in the 90s, Great Cat was like already using the internet and was like saying how the internet was like the wave of the future and all bands would eventually use the internet when like people didn't even use the internet at all. Like it was... When they so were nightmares. So Remember her time. like digital CD? Yeah. Like the... Digital Beethoven on speed or whatever? <laughs> on hyperspeed or cyberspeed. Yeah. yeah. That came out in like 96, right? I think so. Or 94. Five or something. So she's the uncredited originator of what we are doing. Yeah. And every other band. Yeah. So we're giving you credit, Cat. Good job. Zamboni gives you credit and says, "Good job." Yo, you should do a great Cat cover. Oh yes. Oh. 
Yes! I can't learn that stuff. Are you kidding me? You can try. <laughs> then you better start practicing, boy. <laughs> Yo, you should message the great cat. We don't have a shit on board, but that boy's <laughs> going to get a whooping anyway. <laughs> Chris, what do you say about covering the great cat? Those boys have been whacking in my camper. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome if we could do it. <laughs> what would you want to cover, Chris? I don't care. All of her music is great. I don't care. I'd want to cover uh, the Fifth Symphony. All right. <laughs> and that's how that was settled. <laughs> Rob. Beethoven on speed or worship me or die? Worship me or die. Hmm. It makes me laugh. Yep. Well, uh, it makes me cla- It makes me laugh. It makes me cry. I'm a manic depressant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Beethoven on speed is good, too. It's all yeah, good. Ultra Dead. That's such a furious song. It's all good. It's all good. Flight of the Bumblebees. (laughs) Now, speaking about comp CDs, what's your opinion on them? Like, when do you contribute to them? And what types of situations do you immediately decline on participating in? I think we've ever been offered it. Well, we've been offered, but we haven't done a comp, I don't think. No, we haven't done one yet. We um we've been offered though. We? we were we were in the running for that contest for the number one spot on the Wreck Your Neck compilation. Oh yeah, uh, from Global two, Thrash from Assault. Global Thrash Assault. That's really cool, and he and he's doing it in a really cool way. I liked how he did it with like oh, the, the bracket and the oh, voting that was and the everything. March Metal Madness thing. Yeah, that was the March Metal Madness, and it was really awesome. You know, because it got everyone to look to like if you were an active uh, reader of his website, then all of a sudden. Like here's 64 bands competing for a number one spot. That's the um, that's the go getter, but the way that they gotta get on there is you gotta vote for them and you gotta listen to them. So, you know, that's 64 bands that are, that like all these new people are gonna check out now, and all these bands are gonna check out each other's bands. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. Like we were against Sanity's Rage, who went on to win the whole damn thing, and we were like, "Wow, if this band doesn't win, then the band who's gonna win is gonna be really, really good." Like we were actually against them in the first round, and we were telling other people to vote for them. <laughs> like I remember, I was like, "Like I was like, we're in a con." Like I told my cousin this. I was like, "If you want, you could vote on Global Thrash Assault." We're uh, our name's Amboni, but you should vote for the other band, Sanity's Rage, because they're really freaking good. Uh, they're from Belgium, too, and my cousin was like, oh, I don't really listen to that kind of music, but, hey, they're from Belgium? And I was like, yeah, Belgium. He's like, cool, I might vote for you guys anyway because you're my cousin. I'm like, don't. (laughs) He probably (laughs) voted for us anyway, though, but it didn't matter because, God, so good, though. Hey, at least we lost to the band that won it all. Exactly, yeah, that's a good thing. (laughs) So we didn't lose for nothing. We were a stepping stone in their success. Yes. So good for them. People heard us and then heard them, and we were so crappy compared to them. It just made them sound better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, like, Chris, I think you should run for president. Just be like, don't vote for me. Vote for the other guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Vote for everyone else. I'll be the first president to win on reverse psychology. (laughs) (laughs) 
Why would you vote for me? Uh, because you said not to. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> well, now, great. Now I'm going to have gray hair in four years. But remember, though, vote for yourself. But I voted for everyone else. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even vote for myself. Wow. <laughs> All right, I voted for myself once. <laughs> Day what, one, and that's it. <laughs> what would you say though, when like? But whoever's listening should seriously check out Sanity's Rage's uh, first album. You are what you swallow. What do you think of when people say to you, "You need to pay me X amount of money." To get onto this compilation. Well, that's silly. It depends on if it depends on how they're doing it. If it's doing, if they're doing it for an investment, like to help cover the costs, and then when it sells, I'll make something like a little bit. It doesn't have to be like a whole. You don't have to give me like ten thousand dollars, but you know, if like if I give you, let's say, if I gave you two hundred dollars, and then over time, I eventually got it back. From like getting, let's say, a dollar, two dollars for every compilation sold. Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be fine because it'd be an investment. But if you're just gonna give, if you're, if you just want me to give you the money so that you don't have to pay for anything at all, and then you're not, and then I'm not gonna get anything out of this besides people buying it. I mean, that's cool, but I'm not gonna give you two hundred dollars just so that you don't have to, just so that you don't have to do anything. Because otherwise, it's another pay-to-play thing, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, paying for it to be on a compilation, if it's done right, I'll do it. If it's done for the right reasons, I'll do it. But usually, no, because a compilation is a, compila- is a compilation. If you want to make one, then you got to handle it unless, you want, uh, unless you're going to charge, like, something small. Like, if you're like, I can't give you your money back, but I'm only asking for $20, sure. I don't care. Yeah. But if you want to, if you want like two hundred dollars because you don't want to pay for anything, then it's like okay, you're kind of cutting it, because I'm. Because ma- if you're making two hundred dollars and there's ten songs from ten bands, that's two thousand dollars you just made. And what do the bands get from that? Yeah. Besides- wow, you can make a lot of money ripping off people. Yeah, yeah we, we really should start can. doing it. We should start ripping everybody off. Yeah, let's, let's just get rid of. Let's just redo this whole thing, and we'll just support everything that we uh, were against. All right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> now you know why people uh, will come in with suits and ties. Screw people over in the pay-to-play stuff. Suit and tie guy. Yeah. Oh, another DRI song we should cover. Yay. Uh, but you know, it would if it's done for the right reasons, then yeah. But it's usually not. So most of the time, no. Yes. Maybe? No. <laughs> what would the great cat say? The great cat is God. The cat great would... cat is God. <laughs> no, she wouldn't say it like she that. Would... She'd be like, great cat is God! Die! <laughs> <laughs> the great cat is God! I There's a few compilations that have been running around in my head that I'd really like to try to do. I'm not gonna say a bunch. I'm not really gonna say any of them because I don't want anybody stealing. Oh yeah. But I do have these really cool ideas for compilations that I'd like to do. Yeah. And I would I would release them on Bandcamp.com, and all the bands would have to do is just give me the music. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I would do it for free. And then I would maybe put it as a donation, or I would have like an asking. Well, that's the thing is because um, like because a donation is completely different than an asking price. Yeah. If I say like. You don't have to give me ten dollars. You don't have to give me you you could, you don't have to give me anything. But if you want to give me some money for doing this, cool. But I would been, I would also rather have the proceeds go to a charity or like the American Cancer Fund or something like or that. Or the Chris Butera organization. <laughs> yeah, the human the fund. human fund. 
<laughs> That's my charity. Yeah. Money for Money people. Money for people. <laughs> <laughs> um I was gonna say I was I would wanna do like a cover compilation, like do like a tribute to an album. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I wouldn't sell it because licensing would be a nightmare, but I would give it away for free just to promote like the local scene. Yeah. Now what album would you uh wanna cover? Let me guess. Would it be Saint Anger? Yes. Yes. Exactly what I wanted to do. How do you know, Nick? That's it would like... go to the uh, t- to the gold um, to the gold rail that's going to go in Lars's swimming pool. Yeah. yeah no. The the <laughs> golden shark, the gold plated shark tank that he needs to buy. <laughs> or the, the laser, Lars... or the... the laser beams that are attached to the sharks on the freaking heads. <laughs> <laughs> the Lars Ulrich gold plated shark tank fund. <laughs> with laser beams in parentheses. Support that. And, and the commercials got like him like walking around with like like in like Africa with like he's little like orphan depressed. children. No, he's got like little. No, it's like a guy. It's like the guy from like the Christian Children's Fund. And he goes to Lars Ulrich's house and he's like, "This is Lars Ulrich." <laughs> Lars was not able to get his gold plated shark tank, and like Lars looks like all like emaciated and sad and stuff. <laughs> For for a small donation of just one penny a day, <laughs> or one dollar a day, only thirty dollars a month, you can help get Lars Ulrich his golden shark tank, and you get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and you can turn that Lars. frown upside down. Yeah, you get a picture, and if you pay now, you get a picture of Lars Ulrich and monthly updates of his golden shark tank. <laughs> Uh, there's some little old lady who'll just be like six months down the road. I really hope he gets his shark tank. <laughs> Imagine Lars Ulrich is just listening to this cast right now. Yeah, he Broadcast. was like thinking about putting this on for a Ryan Music and More Three. Yeah, and now that's out the window, yeah. completely out the window. <laughs> yeah, he'll never play in this like town again. Take my knapsack. Huh? I really need my hat back. <laughs> and take that, Napster! I don't... Yeah, uh, like, we were, like, gonna, like, have them play and stuff, but, like, they, like, started talking about, like, my knapsack. And my shark tank? And my shark tank, and I just didn't want it. <laughs> like, just... I already have a gold-plated shark tank. Why would I want another one? <laughs> like, maybe if I got whales or... Piranhas. 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 Or like... <laughs> a song oh. is called Piranha! <laughs> Exodus. Yeah. Gameplay grumps. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it sounds to me like you need to have a couple of backup ideas for this charity then. Not only just for the uh, gold-plated shark tank, also piranhas too. Yeah. Stingrays. What would be another thing? Um, violent Siberian bears. Siberian <laughs> bears? Oh my god. Maybe Alaskan bears too. Oh wait, wait. And it'd be awesome to get like the Alaskan bears and the Siberian bears to fight to the death. Sloths. Let's just do it for penguins. Sloths. No, man, the penguins have it coming. Dude. That's why they get put into tuna. <laughs> I love penguins! <laughs> That's why penguins. they go into tuna so well. Penguins go into tuna? Only the delicious ones. I had tuna twice this week. I thought it was dolphin. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of protein in dolphin. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of good muscle tissue, you know? Yeah. Well, as long as it grinds real well. 
What? <laughs> it grinds real well? When they grind the dolphins up to make the tuna. <laughs> what do they do? Just put them in something that looks like a wood chipper? I have no idea. Probably. <laughs> Yo, dude, Free you should make a song axe. called When Dolphins Scream. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when Dolphins Scream. Free when the, the dolphins scream. <laughs> it's it's a parody of when eagles cry by uh, Iced Earth. <laughs> when the eagle cries, when whatever. the dolphin screams. Yo, it'd be awesome to have like a crazy oh, sound effect too. <laughs> Another day, just like any other. The dolphins. <laughs> Day turned to horror. Oh my god. Why would they? How could they? <laughs> the dolphins suffered the wood chippers. Oh my god. Dude, dude. That'd be like a mid 80s King Diamond song if they got him like really messed up on alcohol or drugs or something. Dolphin! Can you hear me? <laughs> Dolphin! Are you there? I am alive! Inside your what? Inside your tuna can. In- yeah. <laughs> Inside your tuna can. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Dolphin, don't you think I know what you've done? Dolphin. Ooh. No, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. It would be wood chipper. Would you don't you think I know what you've done? Would you Dolphin! <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, have the wood chipper noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, what do you make of the King Diamond Volt Beat song? The Family Dolphin. <laughs> That is my opinion on that. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I didn't sure hear it either. Great. Yeah, I didn't hear it either, so I guess oh, it's great. Oh, crap. Did you know that uh, Dave Roll played on the uh, the ghost yeah. cover of I'm a Marionette? Yes, which is only on the or exclusive like version. No, I'm a Marionette. I'm which a is Marionette. only on the exclusive version. Metalocalypse is on! Ooh. I'm glad they have TVs in here. Yeah. We can watch Metalocalypse while we talk about metal. Yeah, well. but we can't hear it, so... Oh, uh, poop. Oh. Oh, well. Oh, excuse me. At least can we can see it. At least we can see if certain Guard, things sync Pokemon War 2, not a Bumblebee. Million Murderface, Murderface, Murderface. Pickles, Drummer, Doodly Doo. Tick-tock, Doodly Doodly Doo. Nathan Explosion. Down. Hey, we got it. Jeff Clark is headlining Mordhouse's first anniversary. We can just dub. For the people at home, we're going to dub Metalocalypse. Oh, no. Dun, 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 dun. It always goes to the to the the council. Hey, the Knicks are on too. Oh, yeah, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> JNR block. JNR. I don't know what that says. Wow. Jacoby and Myers. Oh man, there's an organization you should give your money to. Ambulance chasers. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yo, I guarantee you they make a lot of money putting their commercials on Cherry Springer shows. Some days you just want to get hit by somebody, a Lexus with minimal damage and make lots of money. Somebody should call into the station. We still got those tickets. We still got those Volbeat tickets Volbeat. for Thursday, May 2nd. They're going to be putting dolphins in your tuna if you don't call in. Yep. 973. Think of the dolphins. 655. Five. Four, two, five, six. Now take a drink. <laughs> yeah. Just think of the dolphins. And how good they taste in your tuna. <laughs> yeah! oh, oh, it's, it's, it's uh, face bones. Or f- what is it? Face, face bones. bones. Yeah. yeah, face bones. Hi, I'm face bones. I don't really do anything on this show, but it's all great. Yeah. Dr. Rocco yeah. is doing cocaine. Once again. So, <laughs> how have you guys been uh, thinking about upcoming shows for Zamboni? We've been trying to book shows in New York, and uh, so far that isn't going too well. We'll see what happens. Uh, we've been getting snubs from a few promoters. I don't know if that has to do with the articles, but, like, whatever. If it is, then uh, we don't care because we don't want to work with you anyway. But if it's not, <laughs> then, you know, I just uh, we'll just keep trying, and we'll see if we can get something. Um, now, what, I guess for the summer we'd like to start maybe doing a Philly show or two. So I guess we'll keep it. I guess we'll. I guess I'll speak to Keith somewhere down the line. I would like to try to get on uh, one of the shows that Vermont is playing. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot they were playing. I tried to see who what's going on with the Saint Vitus one, but they didn't get back to me at all. So uh, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I guess I'll find out. I guess I'll try to find out who's doing it, but I really don't know. Now, are you speaking about like shows in the five boroughs or like? Shows and say like Orange County and five Poughkeepsie. Five boroughs. Five boroughs. Poughkeepsie Brooklyn, would be okay, Bronx, but Queens and Staten from we... the Battery to the top, top of Manhattan. Manhattan. Beastie Boys. No sleep till Brooklyn. Oh. Remember, Kerry King played guitar. Ugh. Yes. Don't remind me. That guy's a jerk. <laughs> oh, what did he ever do Let's to you? It, Pedro, he completely snubbed me. He didn't answer my. He didn't even say. He didn't even respond to me. He saying, fired How Dave Lombardo you? from Slayer. He fired Dave Lombardo because Dave Lombardo was trying to like help them make money. But oh, you can't do that, man. That Kerry King was actually getting all the money. Yeah, probably, what? probably. <laughs> he needs money for uh, being bald. Yeah, I was going to say wax for his head. (laughs) He's got to wax up his chrome dome. (laughs) Too bad it all seeps in and takes over the brain matter. (laughs) What brain matter? Yeah, you're right. Well, I guess now we're not going to be touring with Slayer anytime soon. Good. (laughs) No, man. Maybe he got, like, hit by, like, some sort of zombie. Yeah, let's see how many bridges we can burn in one night. Uh, Megadeth, uh, Dave Mustaine smells funny. (laughs) (laughs) Anthrax, Scott Ian's beard is too long. (laughs) (laughs) That's two bridges. (laughs) Um, Exodus. Gary Holt. Lee Altus is Russian. (laughs) (laughs) Is he? Yeah. Yes. Yes, very Russian. He, he, He lives in Brighton. Yeah, with all the Russians. When he comes home with all the Russians. <laughs> he's, he's fun. Wow, he better rush on getting back <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> Joe Stalin. Testament. Uh, Alex Skolnick has gray has hair. Gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> Running bear. <laughs> Chuck Billy. Uh, Death Angel else? doesn't play the ultraviolence this song enough. Uh, um, but they don't. 
Suicidal tendencies. Ghost doesn't know how to wipe their butts properly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is bad. We're gonna like, get sued or something. Oh no! What if so, so, we only will only get sued if it's the truth? <laughs> Let's get barred from playing the WWE. Yeah, WWE. Ghost is gonna be like. Let's get Ghost is gonna give us a lawsuit, and it's just like it's not even gonna come in the mail. It's gonna magically appear, yeah. and it's gonna be like we do not know. We do know how to wipe our butts properly. <laughs> yeah. uh, signed, Papa Emeritus, and the nameless ghouls. Let's get barred from the WWE real quick. Hold on. Yeah, uh, we're never gonna play WWE because Vince McMahon. Is Vince McMahon? It's a poop butt. <laughs> yeah, he's a poop butt. <laughs> yeah, but we're not gonna be able to play in. Czechoslovakia because we're not gonna be able to play in the Czech Republic because boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. You can't say that on the air. I can. No, you can't. I can't. Oh. <laughs> well, looks like we just burned WMSC's bridge. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, though, how about that local sports team? Yes, that local sports team is pretty entertaining. I don't know. They've really got a great match against that other local sports team from another state, which isn't local to us, so that's why we must boo them. Yeah! Boo! America. Say it like you mean it. America! We the people! Remember, there's no A in America. We the people! Except the first one. I mean the last one. Welcome to Jack Swagger's America! What? America! America! He's a WWE wrestler. He's, I haven't watched he, wrestling. He's playing all the time. like a xenophobic American. Oh boy! He's got this great gimmick with this like fat guy who looks like Colonel Mustard as his manager, <laughs> like named Uncle Zeb Coulter. It's pretty entertaining. You mean Colonel Mustard from like Clue? Yeah, it's it's pretty. Oh, that's awesome! It's pretty entertaining, dude. Mister Bodie had it coming. Like his thing. Yeah, he did. That jackass. <laughs> yeah, but, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, Jack Swagger, he's, like, his gimmick isn't, it, like, he's not over, his manager is, because that dude, like, the Colonel Mustard guy can really talk a talk. Like, Jack Swagger has, like, a really bad list, but he's a pretty good wrestler, but it just kind of takes away from it. And uh, his thing is he just kind of looks brainwashed and angry all the time, and he puts his hand on his chest like so, and he just yells, We the people! <laughs> and then he goes, Welcome to Jack Swagger's America! And then he puts them in an ankle lock that he calls the Patriot Lock. It's it's kind of cheesy, like but the angle it's actually not lock? bad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so at least he does the good ankle lock. I, well, like, the Ken, I like the Ken Shamrock one a lot, too, but Ken Shamrock is a nut. <laughs> Love the guy, love the gimmick, Lo- love the character, but that guy is just nuts. I love CM Punk. Yeah, his character. CM Punk's because he doesn't, he isn't even. His character is real his, though. Yeah, like, his character like him. is him. There yeah. is no character. Exactly. Like he's probably the last wrestler that's like that. Describe yeah. the charm of the CM Punk. He's just awesome. The CM he, Punk. He he doesn't <laughs> hold anything back. He's a loose cannon. You never know what he's gonna say. He goes he on tirades against the WWE. He's great. He's great. Like that guy. Like. And, like, he's like threatened couple, walking away with the title before, like did quitting it, his job. Yeah, he did it. And he like actually, a, yeah, he, he did, did it again a couple of weeks ago. He got into an argument with Creative because Creative doesn't know what they're doing because yeah, they're yeah. stupid, and they really need to fire a lot of these people and hire actual fans of wrestling instead of people who worked on HBO and never freaking watched wrestling no, it's, ever. Isn't like Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon and Triple H like they're know? not head of Creative, but aren't they like in it or something? They ha- yeah, they have a part to play in it. 
and like some of the a lot of the storylines that end up making sense probably come from them, or at least Vince and Triple H. Yeah, because I don't really know if Stephanie's really that involved in creative or oh, anything. Nice. But I mean, Chris, how do you feel that like there's more minutes with the storyboards of like wrestling than there's oh, actually real wrestling on fridays it's the opposite on smackdown there's actually more wrestling i actually really enjoy fridays because there's a lot of matches that like even if there's not a lot of matches some of the matches are pretty lengthy and they actually do have like just wrestling like they don't do like a lot of promo work or anything well, the problem is that a lot but of- on raw because it's three hours they decided to push up the ante with the damn stories yeah and they don't even have enough wrestling and the good matches that they have they get cut or like like the time constraints ends up making the match short, or the matches with the people that I want to watch wrestle, like Wade Barrett, end up getting like they end up getting like two minutes. And you know what? The stories aren't even that great anymore. That's no, the, the storylines are terrible. It's They're not so even. Stupid. It's not even because they went PG. Because in the eighties, wrestling was G, and the storylines were awesome. Yeah. It's just that they're hiring the wrong people for creative. Like you can't ex- you can't expect to put on a good wrestling Bring show. Bring back Macho Man. Oh wait, <laughs> that's not nice. I know, <laughs> but like you can't put you can't hire a guy from HBO or Cinemax or Stars or any other or any channel who like is used to doing like Drama. soap operas or yeah. dramas or anything. Like it's good to know, but if you'd never watched wrestling before. How are you supposed to? Actually... You're gonna throw in the wrong storyline, yeah. and that's why it's gonna be terrible. Like, they need to hire people. They like, should make Cena a heel again. That'd be funny. Yeah, but then what? Yeah, it would be great. That but would right now, them, though. Right now, they don't, right now they can't do it because they don't have any good faces to really back them up because yeah. CM Punk's got to, like, rehab everything. And he was um, he was a heel anyway, but he's probably going to come back as a face if they made, around SummerSlam. If they made Cena a heel, they'd probably gonna, such a huge, yeah. like, young demographic. Well, that's, that's all they all have kids. now because that's how terrible their creative staff is. I know. Like, the older, like... It's so bad that all of the old, like, the only people who root for the good guys are the little kids. Like, everyone wants to, like, uh, like uh, everybody wants to see Cena get beat up. Like, that's the only reason why Ryback has even gotten over now as a heel, because he beat up John Cena. I because looked, anybody you know, who wants, because anybody who beats up John Cena, everyone cheer, all the adults cheer for. I like Cena, and I don't think he deserves as much hate as he gets, but they do way too They overuse, overuse him. him. Exactly. Like, come on. The guy is a champion for the 11th time. I know. Like, he didn't have the title at all last year, which was good, but he was in the main event picture, and he was still main eventing matches with no title on the line. Yeah. Over, the, over CM Punk. Maybe he's blackmailing someone. It's creative's fault, like you said. It is creative's fault. It's creative... They're ju- like WWE just isn't hiring the right people for creative. They Perhaps he's hire- blackmailing them all. They, I don't know. They need to hire actual fans. I don't think it's a big conspiracy, Nick. Oh, think- you you don't know, man. I think it's you a can't ma- handle the I truth. I think it's a matter of office politics and like <laughs> and who they decide that they want Which and game. the kind of people that they end up hiring, not being appropriate for the job. So Lich King would be appropriate, Rob. Yes, I guess so. Well, you said office politics. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> I do like that song a yeah. lot, though, but they never play it. Well, yeah. at least I have Apparently, play it. some uh, funny story about Lich King they posted the other day. Uh, they were playing, I forget what they were playing uh, yesterday. The Black Metal Sucks song? Yeah, they played Black oh, Metal no. Sucks, and some black metal chick came up to them and like was like, like troll, like saying, oh, you're stupid, and you guys suck, and blah, 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 and she got like th- laughed out of the venue, basically, Good. by everybody else. Good, because you shouldn't be stupid. Yeah, I know. 
They actually had to put on the video, like on their YouTube video for it. They put "Black Metal Sucks" a joke song or something like that because people were so dumb and ignorant in the YouTube comments. Douches. Yeah, I can say that, right? No. <laughs> You're Damn failing it. today. <laughs> My whole life is a failure. Oh yeah, your mom called while you were taking a. Oh, well, that's a, good. A urine break before. Oh, great. I could say that, right? Yes, yes, that's fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. <laughs> I told her I was staying at your house. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, great. Now everyone knows This that is great content here. We're talking about, like, content. Chris's mom calling we go, we, we go from, like, we go from venues and promoters to... to wrestling. To wrestling to my mom calling. <laughs> We pretty much hit rock bottom here, And we folks. still got 18 minutes oh, to boy. suck. Well. <laughs> hmm. Speaking of black metal, you want to hear some black metal? Yeah, let's hear another of your black metal songs, Rob. Because I have right. to take another urine break. This is my actual black metal project. This is Meteor Krieg. Ugh. This is really fun. Now, what number song is this? Uh, play. You can play both. There's only two songs. Did I already play one? Uh, no, no. Oh, this is a different CD.
And we're back. That was cool. Thank you. Tell us about that song. So that was inspired by cheeseburgers, right? No, no. <laughs> uh, well, that's Meteor Krieg, my black metal project. Uh, that song, all the lyrics are inspired by Warhammer 40K, which is the uh, similar to what the bolt, bolt Thrower does. A lot of their lyrics are inspired by Warhammer 40,000, which is, if for those who don't know, it's a tabletop uh with the Strat- figurines? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. A tabletop strategy game, but it has evolved into, like, so much more because there's, like, computer games for it. There, You know, there's, like, a whole, like, thing. There's been, like, movies made. So it's, like, a whole lore of, like, this, like, cute, like far future super technological, like, races just clashing with each other. But there's also, like, demons and magic mixed in with technology. So it's pretty cool. So that's, uh, those two songs are... From that project, my black metal thing. So, wow. Yeah. Now, Chris, what are some critiques on Rob's black metal? It was overproduced. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't use a freaking. Uh, you didn't use a an eight track spell or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> speaking spell. Yeah. No, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool. Thanks. I feel like the soloing was a little long though, whatever. but I really, I, I really enjoyed it. It just sounded. Awesome. Needed more drum solos. I would have liked it to. Uh, I would like you to start uh, for maybe one of the other songs that you do in a later date. Maybe try to add some more symphonic elements. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was thinking about that. Doing like more of that and like. Uh, I mean, like if you're drone well, stuff, you're going to do that as like a concept thing, are you? Yeah. What? The uh, Meteor Krieg? Yeah. Yeah, so that would actually be kind of well, cool yeah, yeah, if yeah. you did that for like another concept. Ugh. To yeah. just kind of add the symphony of death into the air. Yeah. I, yeah. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I would like that. Hopefully oh, this yeah. summer I'll have enough time to do all this projects that I'm gonna do. Yeah. Well, we hope. We hope out we in the projects. The, we hope we can do all the projects. <laughs> out in the projects. I'm out do in the too. projects. That'd be a good rap album name. Out in the projects. We're doing projects. Straight out of Ohio. We're in the pro. There's no projects there. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. There might be. <laughs> straight out of Ohio. Crazy. Dude, dude. Straight out of Sussex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but honestly, Sussex is kind of looking like the projects. Great. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It, it's on the way. It's on <laughs> the way. It's yeah. not there yet, but it's... Chris, why don't you tell everyone about your alter ego that raps? Todd Jones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he talks like this. <laughs> We should do a Todd Jones record. His name's record. Todd Jones. I'll, pro- and, uh, I'll produce your Todd. I'll make beats for you. You can make beats for Straight Out of Ohio? Probably. Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> I have break beats. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. yes, that's brutal, we, man. I have that's the funky what, drummer. So that's like, what I could do. I could I could do the first Todd Jones album, Straight Out of Ohio. <laughs> 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 I got drunk at a party and made him up one time, and then that, that, that happened. Straight Out of Ohio. Todd Jones. Straight out of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it's not Sarah Palin straight out of Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> Parental advisory. <laughs> I could see Russia from my house. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, she actually said that we should go to war with the Czech Republic over the Boston bombing. Are you serious? She's, well, they you, have it coming. You can't help these <laughs> You can't help these Alaskan women. Like those penguins. You can't help these Alaskan mothers who have, like, eight children. Yeah, you know. Because there's nothing nothing else else to do do in Alaska. Alaska. (laughs) Rob, let me tell you something. 
you take those penguins and you take those dolphins and you both put them in the tuna. All right. That's where they belong. All right. <laughs> but I like penguins. Maybe it can be the evil penguins that try to like you know. They're all off, evil. To like throw Wall- off Happy Feet's groove. Have you ever seen Wallace and Gromit? Oh God, not in a long time. Remember there yes. was the one thing with e- the evil penguin. No, I don't remember that. It was that. the one where he like invents the pants that walk by themselves. It was oh, like the robot pants. I, I don't remember. <laughs> and the that. evil penguin takes them over or something. Oh, uh, why? Have, I gotta I gotta watch this again. I think it Is was. Is it that. on YouTube? Could I find it? I think online it's on somewhere? Netflix. <laughs> Okay, good. I'll, I'll look for it, because that sounds awesome. I love Wallace and Gromit and all kind of stop-motion stuff. Yeah. But I still think that Sarah Palin's out of her mind. Well, she she's clearly out of her mind, but Jesus, you got to really pay attention, because Chechnya is not <laughs> close to Czech Republic. You know what's funny is Vladimir Putin said, because, like, the U.S. has been so about, like, Chechens, like, forever, and now that, like, uh... Yeah, we had the bombings and stuff. Like everyone, everyone's like, you know, all the United States news networks are like against Chechnya and stuff, and saying how it's a breeding ground for terrorism. What? And Russia has been saying that for like ever. So like Putin's like, yeah, we've been like saying this forever that like there's radical Islam stuff, and we have to deal with this all the time. And you now you guys get bombed, and now you're all of a sudden like on our side. Yeah, it's it both. That's the way the worst of the world works. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Archie Bunkers? No, Alma Fudd. Oh. That's the way the west of the world that works. That was an awfully good way to lamb. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. And all this, and we could make all this laughter happen because of violence. Yay, violence. <laughs> <laughs> Think about all it's done for the world. <laughs> yeah, it's done everything. Bad. Everything happens because of violence. Everything bad in the world. <laughs> so thanks, violence. Like the ultra-violence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time for the good old ultra-violence. <laughs> We're going to go down to the Corova Milk Bar. Waskily Wabbit. That's where you can get Milk Plus. Milk Plus. What about Milk Minus? You, no. 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 <laughs> it would get you sharp for a night of the good old ultra-violence. You mean like the Clockwork Orange? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but I was thinking of Death Angel. All right, can you dig it? <laughs> can you? D- Isn't that like DX? I don't know. DX is suck it. I know. But didn't they can say- you dig it? No, that's Booker T. Oh yeah, that's right. Can you dig it, Rob? Sucker! Yeah. Weren't you more impressed with Malcolm McDowell's role in Tank Girl versus the Clockwork oh, Orange? Oh yeah, I forgot he was in that movie. Ice T was also in that movie. He, was oh, a he played, man. yeah. Oh no! <laughs> I was, that was honestly an okay. Movie. It wasn't that great, but it was okay. I was honestly was way weird. more impressed with his role in Tank Girl than Clockwork Orange. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. <laughs> he was also in. Um, he's been in a lot of like weird, obscure movies. At least like it that. wasn't in Hell Comes to Frogtown. I've what? The Roddy Piper movie. Oh. <laughs> Where he's against the reptilians. Else. I thought that was another one. <laughs> no. Wasn't he in another movie? He was in a few movies that were, were not really that great. What was the movie where Ozzy Osbourne played the priest? Um, That's oh. Trick or Treat. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, wasn't that Blackie Lawless you're thinking of? No, no Ozzy, Ozzy played the, pl- the priest. They wanted to get Blackie Lawless to play the antagonist, but for whatever reason they couldn't get him. Gene Lemmy's Simmons in the movie, in it, too. Gene Wait, Simmons what movie too. was Blackie in, then? Oh, shoot, I don't remember. I don't know. It wasn't Trick or Treat, though. It was something else. Trick or treat. I forget, but they did want him to, and like the uh, the the co- the costume of the antagonist resembles him. 
Mm. But uh, they couldn't get Blackie Lawless to be him. Poor Blackie. Yeah, that wasp. guy gets a bum rap. That's Wasp, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like Wasp. They had some... They had their Aren't moments. They like Christian or something? I don't no. know. No, I don't oh, that, no, that's Striper. Oh, God. They're Dude, so you can't compare Striper to Wasp. Oh, I hate Striper. They're bad. <laughs> yeah, they're the, evil, man. Musically, and they're John, good, or, but they're just wait, too crazy. John Holmes, right? No, John Holmes was not a. No, no, film. you're thinking yeah, of Chris no, Holmes Chris being Holmes. in Wasp. Chris Holmes was in right, Wasp. Yeah. I knew it was Holmes. <laughs> and he was like in that movie and he was drunk and his mom was there. The yeah. Decline of Western yeah. Civilization Part 2, The Metal yeah. Years. That was a good one. That so is Megadeth. an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Megadeth was like the only one that, ironically, Megadeth was like the only one that weren't like wasted and being like stupid the whole, like, in the whole movie. And they were like the biggest drug band ever. Well, maybe they were wasted, but they just could handle themselves so well. Probably. Maybe they had it edited they, like, well because the yeah. they probably had more connections to make themselves not look stupid mm. compared to the other people. Well, mm. Penelope Spheris, who directed that, also directed some of their music videos. And Wayne's World. And Wayne's World. And Black Sheep. Yeah. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's basically it, that one. Kill Tommy. Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Chris Farley. Yeah. Well, on that note, I guess what I is your know. final words? Poop butt. <laughs> I thought you were going to end <clears throat> off with Kill Whitey. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, do you? Understand the implications. Hours, literally hours of time wasted to the constant flow of repeating, death repeating. Is there any meaning to it? No. And ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) the opinions of the guests and uh, hosts of WMSC are not represented by the guests or listeners of WMSC. <laughs> Good disclaimer there. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Roll it up, throw it up, smoke it up. <laughs> Cypress Hill, baby. Well, 420, blaze it every day. <laughs> I hate that crap. Uh, That's it's such so a stupid. T- it is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Let's do the same thing we do every day and just make a holiday out of it. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night, good night. Uh, Jay Leno, good night. Good night. <laughs> And for now, WMSC concludes its broadcast day. WMSC is operated by the students of Montclair State University.